you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast, episode number two. I am Jared and I am here with the scourge of Ironforge and the games industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and also here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Yo, what's up? Hey, I get... The intro thing doesn't really work until I have uh, like a big intro for you. Cause I got this big long thing for Nick, and it's like, yeah, Christina's here too. Just make up something. That's okay. Just well, you can't see. It's got to come naturally. I didn't just make that shit up about Nick, right? He kind of did, but you made it up over a long period of time. Like it did. It came to you in a very inspired fit of creativity. <laughs> yes, yeah. So one day I'll have one for you, Christina. I one will be day. honored. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this is episode number two. Uh, for those who have never listened to the Mashcast before, this is a this is a podcast about it's like Seinfeld, it's like the podcast about everything, but video game related. You know, we talk about uh, games, we talk about games community, culture, and the industry. So we got all those things going on for us. Nick just made a face. We don't have those things going on for us, Nick. Oh, we do, we do. I just <laughs> no, it's just raining very loudly here, so that's what I was reacting to. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, today we have a special topic, or I guess technically speaking, it's going to be multiple topics. Back with the old MASHcast, we used to do the State of the Gaming Union, and since it's that time of the year, we are going to do that for the new MASHcast as well. This episode will be talking, it will be titled the 2018 State of the Gaming Union, and we're going to take a look back on 2017, uh, what happened and what impacts we may see for the future but before we get into that let's let's see what everybody's been doing recently uh christina you've been off of u.s soil recently i have been yeah how'd that go how are they faring Uh, in that poor poor country of japan doing terribly oh yeah it was very tiring um (laughs) i obviously won't miss heated toilet seats everywhere i go i i will miss that Actually, even in the subways, man, they had heated toilet seats. It was insane. Like I got met off the airport or off the the plane. I went into the bathroom. I was like, yo, the seat is toilet. What are heated? Of course, it's toilet. Like, what the heck? (laughs) I'm still jet lagged or something. Sorry. It was a long flight. (laughs) I bet I'm going to have to make a long flight myself. Uh, End of March, I got to go to China. So that's going to be nice. But how did you enjoy your trip? It was good. Um, I didn't really account for it being so cold because it's like the same temperature here and there. So it was like 40s, 50s. Um, But we were like right next to Akihabara. We were there like every day. Arcades like all the time, dude. It was pretty awesome. The culture is so much different. They're so nice. Like there's escalator etiquette. Like if you're just chilling on the escalator, you stay on the left side. If you're walking up, you go on the right side. Like I'm going to miss that too. It's insane. Well, we do have that here. Like, you get yelled at in New York for not doing that. 
Oh, I don't go to New York. I'm used to people just sprawling out on the escalators. Like, no, nah, this is my space. You're not going it's, anywhere. It's, and I think in almost any major metropolitan city, it's kind of known, like big ones. Like, okay, you sit on, you know, you uh, go left. if It's opposite. You go left if you're walking up and you stay right if you're just going to stand there. I guess I'm just a country so. girl. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, so, but I, I guess the main point is they don't have that around here. So shame on Philadelphia. Big shame. But no, it was pretty dope overall. Uh, I wish I could have seen more of the countryside, but I stayed mostly in Tokyo, um, hit some of the big spots. Um, a lot of it's on, not a lot of it, some of it's on my Instagram. I wish I could have taken more of pictures, but like your phone dies a lot there because you're just consistently doing things. And uh, I had battery packs with me. I was just lazy. Okay. Nice. All right. And what did you go there for? Just to let everybody know. Oh, Evo Japan. I went in twice and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> you went into to, to the actual tournament twice and that was it? The final day I went in once I looked around. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I went to an arcade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hearing similar stories of Evo, at Evo Japan. Like if you went to Japan just for Evo Japan... Probably not the greatest idea. There were people at like the glass, because it's the glass dorm. There were people just like trying to stare in because they couldn't get tickets or anything anywhere. And nobody was like saying, no, you can't do that. Like they knew like, hey, you couldn't get tickets. So whatever. But it was kind of crazy to see the scene. Oh, nice. All right. Well, Nick, it's your turn. What have you been up to? Pretty much nothing. Uh, I've been playing World of Warcraft as usual. Um and then I've also been playing Hearthstone, doing my daily quests. Uh, supposedly, there's a contest where if you every time you complete your daily quest in Hearthstone, you have a chance to win three thousand card packs. And also, I, then I think I don't know the impact of that because I don't play Hearthstone. So it's that a lot. Interesting. It's a lot. So I don't know what the odds are of winning this, but I've been trying to do my. I mean, I do my daily quests anyway, just because I want my free gold. Um, but. Yeah, so I've been I've been you know trying to stay on top of that. With any luck, I'll win. But who I have knows? my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> if I win, that'll be the difference. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's really about it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know it's been interesting. Well, two weeks, I guess, since the last show. Well, it's been more than two weeks for us. Like we recorded that show quite a ways back. But um, yeah, well, it was for the past two weeks. I don't know, obviously, uh, Overwatch, I did manage to rank up a few friends. Like, I've been playing in gold a lot, which some days when I play in gold, I'm like, I'm never playing this game again. And some days I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Because playing gold in Overwatch can, it, it can, it can make you want to kill your fucking self. But um, recently, I've actually been playing uh, Heroes of the Storm again more. Usually I only play Heroes of the Storm when there's an event going on. And I guess technically speaking, there's an event going on right now. But I'm two characters away. We're now one character away from having the 14 characters I need to play competitive. And if you didn't need 14 characters to play, like, you know, ranked, I probably would be playing ranked already because that's the worst part of the fucking game. Like, it's you having to play 14 different characters in the game, most that you don't want to play. And it's not like Overwatch where the games are over in under 10 minutes. Those games last a long time. Even if you were getting your ass kicked, the game takes forever to finish. So you're playing a game 
with a character that you don't want to play. You're getting your ass whooped for like 20 minutes. Why? That's why I don't play it so often. But go ahead, Nick. Well, they have like what, like 80 characters in there now. So you can't find 14 out of those 80 characters that you're willing to play. Obviously not, because half the half of those 14 characters I've played, I didn't want to play. Why'd you pick them? Like, then why don't you just move on to another one? Like, if you only played 14 characters, that's like 60 some odd characters. You can no, still you, it's not, not. It's not just playing them. Sorry, it's you have to get them to level oh, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you, but still, you play them once or twice. You're like, this one's terrible, and just move on to the next. Oh one. yeah, I played more than fourteen characters, and you can't you can't find fourteen overall that you are satisfied with. Like, oh okay, I can I can work with this. But if the no, matches are like so long, you're putting so much time into playing like just one match just to find somebody you like. I I get yeah. that. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 the problem. Like, honestly, there's only two or three characters I actually want to play in that game. You know, most of the time I just want to play Zagara. That's all I want to play. I love playing Zagara. That is it. Actually, I just got Lazaria up to level five. And I don't know, maybe she's more fun when you're playing competitive with a team or something like that. But when I was playing it, it was such a fucking slog. And now I'm playing Hanzo, which is a bit more fun than playing Zarya. But yeah, I have a bunch of different characters. I have it like level two for this one or level three for this one. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I don't want to touch that character anymore because it's just not fun to play because you have to play those games for a long period of time. You know, with Overwatch, if you're playing a character and you don't like the character, you switch the character mid game. You can't do that in Heroes for obvious reasons. I'm not saying they should add it, but. Did you just say that in Heroes of the Storm, you're a Hanzo main? I am not. A, oh, right now, yes, I am a Hanzo main in Heroes of the Storm right now. <laughs> I am a Hanzo main because I'm trying to get him up to level five. So, and it's yeah, it's depressing too because I, I have a stem pack right now that I'm using just to boost me up a bit more. And we lost there are two games that I lost where I barely got any XP, and that's with a stem pack. I'm like, dude, I would have threw a rock through my like my monitor if I would have saw. If I would have got like the shit XP that I would have got without the stem pack and having to play the game for that long. So, uh, I mean, I, overall, I like the game, but honestly, I'm probably going to be a terror when it comes to rank because I am going to be a one trick Zagara until I find another character that I really kind of enjoy playing, right? So, yeah. And right now, also, when people are like yelling and stuff like that and getting mad, I just brush it off because it's quick play. But then, like, you know, when you're playing competitive, it just escalates that. The anger. <laughs> so it's too many characters for me, man. Yeah, like it's a, it's a fun game, I and mean, when I play with friends, it's it's definitely way more fun. But this whole thing where you got to find fourteen different characters to get to level five—that is a pain in the ass, you know. Usually, it should be get to level three, I think. At the at the most, like you get to level three, because by the time you get to level three, you should know the character a bit better and know if you want to play them or not. So. Well, I think in competitive, though, like, are you allowed to pick the same? Like, can you have a comp that's like all Illidan or like, like, or you, you can like each person can only pick one of each given character. That's correct. So yeah. at the very least, if you wind up being that person who draws last, you need at least 10 characters because it's entirely possible. The other nine that, you know, all got picked. Possibly. And I'll just say, oh, we about to lose. <laughs> that's the first thing i'm thinking oh man we about to lose this shit as uh <laughs> this is not gonna go well especially if it's performance based and you have to pick a character that you don't play with now 
Like that's what people have problems with in Overwatch. Like people are like afraid to pick characters that they don't. They even if you need a certain character for a composition, but they don't know how to play them that well. You're better off picking the character that you know and losing than picking the character and taking a chance of picking a character that you actually need. Well, wouldn't that be better if they added that, like, you had to play those characters for that certain amount of time to play competitive in Overwatch? Do you think that, like, you had to do tank, support, DPS, healer, like, one of that for how many ever hours? I would would say it would definitely help. But in Overwatch, right, after you get, after you prestige five times, you get to level 105 times, you get a silver border. After you prestige or uh, get to level 100 five times with the silver border, you get a gold border. I see people with gold borders and silver. So, does the time help everybody? No. (laughs) Because those people with gold borders are level, essentially a level 1,000. They're at level 1,000 in Overwatch, and they aren't silver. They must. They really fucking love Overwatch to play in silver <laughs> that much. So, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, it, it would help. I what I I was kind of like an advocate for there being like a um a hero level in Overwatch. Like you know, you have your player level, and then every character has a hero. Uh, every hero has a level, but that was mainly for one. It would help comp. But also, if you really like the character, it would be awesome to have a loot, a loot box specific to that character for leveling up. Like, if you like D.Va and you leveled up D.Va, you know, um, all of the items or at least two of the four items in the loot box were D.Va related. Guaranteed D.Va related, you know. That would be actually pretty cool. Because, I mean, loot boxes aren't doing too great anyway right now. Yeah. But... <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, that's my... Uh, that is my uh, two weeks over. Before we started the show, I was like, oh, yeah, Christina went to Japan. She's going to talk the longest. No, I still hold that crown. No, all I have to talk about is heated toilet seats, man. Like, I, I'm missing it. I almost yeah, cried I mean, when like, I came back. Normally, I would definitely say, so your trip wasn't that great because the thing you missed the most was the heated toilet seats. Dude. But, like... When you're used to, when you're used right? to, no, when you're used to something like that and then you go into like a cold ass bathroom and you like in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, time to go to the bathroom and it's like freezing, like it's not great. It's not great. The arcades were dope though. Um that's that's another thing. Dope arcades. Yeah. <laughs> you know you live a good life when the only thing your biggest complaint right now is heated toilet seats. Oh man, the toilet seat was cold. How do you people live like this? It's a shame. <laughs> Yeah. I should start a pension. Yeah. <laughs> Get Christina uh, a toilet seat. Maybe that'll be part of your intro. Lover of heated toilet seats. Do they have portable <laughs> heated toilet seats? Because if not, I need to make that. Oh, wow. Well, I thought I was fancy with my toilet seat that has a nightlight in it. What? Yeah, my toilet seat every at 11, 11 o'clock every night. Boom, light comes on in the toilet seat. So, so not only is it a nightlight, it's a nightlight on a timer. It's a nightlight on a timer. Can you sync your Bluetooth to it and you can like make it do different things? <laughs> rave that in the wake me up too much. It will wake me up too much in the middle of the night. <laughs> I go in there and it's like a rave going on <laughs> in my bathroom. Oh, no. I know where to party. Yeah. Well, maybe we should get back to video games now. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so this part of the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the uh, the state of the gaming in 2018. 
2017, I would say it was a good year. I did like 2016 a bit better, but that was only because of all the amazing shooters that came out. Uh, in 2016, it was a fucking awesome year for shooters, but uh, 2017 was good too. I know me and Christina had talked before, and she, and you said in 2016 nothing really came out. I was like, are you fucking crazy? But in 2017, tons of stuff that you enjoyed came out. Right. You know. So we're gonna get to all of that, but let's start with the with the console wars. Let's because that's always a good place to start. We'll start with Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or Xbox specifically in 2017. Um. Okay, that's enough. Let's start with PlayStation in 2017. <laughs> no, so Microsoft did not have a stellar year. Uh, it, they didn't have a stellar year. Um, one like even with the release of the Xbox One X, Nintendo still kind of beat them out in terms of sales. Um, even though I would say the Xbox One X pre-orders did they they pre-orders were more than the total sales of the PlayStation of the PS4 Pro. So that does say that does say something. The X was okay. sold out pretty fast. I mean like now it's it hasn't held up hype but it's not like at, like it's not like a that brand new system. I mean it's just an upgrade, but it sold out a lot faster than I was expecting and it stayed on for a bit. Well, I think that's one reason is because they just didn't produce that many Xbox One Xs. I think I think Microsoft has a really good idea of how many of those units they're going to push, right? Like they have, a, they have a pretty good idea. They're not going to make as many as you would think. Not to mention, they still have the Xbox One S in production too, right? So they're going to definitely produce one more Xbox One S because the Xbox One X is it's still, isn't it a five hundred dollars system? Mm-hmm. Like it's five hundred bucks, right? Yeah. And I'm sorry, we we I'm sorry. What year did we find out that five hundred dollars systems weren't really cutting it? Two thousand six. You know that that still holds true today. That that five hundred five hundred dollars in two thousand six is not quite the same as five hundred dollars today. That's true, but it still sounds like five hundred dollars. It's, it's, it's still a lot. I mean, I mean yeah, it's, it's a slight comparison, but yeah. it, you know what? I'm not gonna lie though. When it when I first heard like Xbox One X, it's like the power of a PC, but console gaming. I thought it was actually really silly because I was like, nobody's gonna buy this. Like people who have their Xbox Ones, like you have an Xbox One, why would you need another one? And if you wanted an upgrade, just go with the PC. Like I don't know why you want to do that, but it it did a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, well, there's people who upgrade their Xboxes every time there's a refresh. So mm-hmm. they had Xbox One, they got Xbox One S, and a lot of those people now got the Xbox One X. The Xbox One X is for those people who doubt who, because I I don't have one, but I've read several like reports, and not from just like you know games media, but from you know uh, like the guys who did Penny Arcade. I think they both got theirs, and they had uh, one. They each had an article talking about it. And they're like, dude, there's no frame loss at all. The games look so much better than on PS4 Pro. And, you know, everything is, like, really smooth. And you get what you pay for. And that's the same thing with PC. Like, it's the PC mindset. Like, you know, you can build a PC that can play PC games well for $1,000. But if you spend (laughs) $2,000, guess what? (laughs) Like, you know, it's going to be that much better. Um and the Xbox One X is is kind of there. I mean, I I don't think the Xbox One X is really going to start to shine for a few years. To be honest, with you. it wasn't going to be an immediate thing. I think they they just announced the Xbox One X in 2016, 
which uh, means, I don't know, maybe earlier that year, devs were probably getting dev kits for it uh, in 2016. So if we follow, like, to, to have a decent game come out for the Xbox One, I'm actually talking like at least like a, a three-year cycle to develop that game. And as I'm saying, I'm thinking 2019 before we see any games that really take advantage of the power of the Xbox One X. But what if that's intentional to do it to a degree? Like they know that you're always going to have those early adopters for who $500 isn't anything that, you know, slap a new number on the system, you know, put whatever new hardware you're going to put in there, you know, give me my overpriced price tag. I'll pay it. I just want that box sitting in my living room because it looks awesome and everything looks awesome on it. And three years from now, or I guess two years from now, when the games co- start coming out, and I'm sure when the games start coming out, the price will drop. Like, you know, because at some point I, th- I would think the 1X is going to slot, you know, over time. It's not going to be the most advanced console hardware. It's not going to be state of the art. It's actually going to be what you would expect for, you know, your your run-of-the-mill console. And I'm sure at that time they'll have the Xbox 2X or whatever. Their naming conventions don't make any sense when they iterate. So it's going to be something weird like the Xbox Dolphin or something. And (laughs) when that comes out, that'll be your top of the line system. That'll cost $500. Now you'll start to have a flood of games coming for the 1X. And I wonder if that's going to be their marketing plan going forward. Like put out the new hardware, let the early adopters get it, pay a premium for it. And then as everything kind of rolls in, you know, just keep going that way. They haven't said that they're working on the follow-up yet, have they? But I'd have to think they at least have, they're somewhere, it's, it's got to be somewhere in the pipeline, even if they're just coming up with silly names. They're always yeah. creating. It doesn't stop. Like once something comes out, they're on to the new thing. Yeah, I mean, the Xbox, I think the Microsoft's biggest problem right now is install base. That is primarily one of the reasons why the Xbox One X is going, it's going to take so long to get games to come out that really utilize the the the, the X's potential. Because, I mean, the more, the, the, the better performance you put into a game and the more graphical fidelity you put into a game and the better AI you put into a game, that really equals dollar signs in terms of expenses for developers and for publishers. So it's great that the Xbox has this amazing console, but if the install base isn't there, publishers really aren't going to spend the extra money on, you know, uh, on making sure their games run best on Xbox. Microsoft, I can, I'm pretty, pretty sure is going to be making a lot of deals with a lot of developers to, put the Xbox One X on their on top of their priority list when they're developing games. So I don't think it's going to be like just a slew of first-party titles and Xbox One X exclusives because we don't live in that world anymore. The, that console world is going away. That exclusive, except for Sony, because I, by the end of this show, you will hear me explain why I think Sony is going to be taking the backseat to Microsoft in the future. But... uh. You know, like the, the the Microsoft is really trying to get away from that. Uh, this 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 the way we're used to dealing with consoles, where when you get a new console, you're also getting a new platform. So that means you also get games. That it's really important to have exclusive games for that, and that's just not happening. Ain't gonna happen anymore. You're gonna get a new console that's the same platform. So, you know, if you had a game that comes out on the Xbox One, it'll also play on the Xbox One X, and then it'll also play on whatever the uh, other hardware is. And on top of that, it'll also play on Windows. 
You know, that's what they're really going for. It, But that reality isn't here right now. That's the issue. And that's why I think people are still kind of frowning on the Xbox One X. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I think Microsoft will, if they play their cards right, they, it will, they will have made an impact, you know. Because you don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, do you think it could fall into the same idea of like the Kinect where that did bad because you had to have people developing specifically for the Kinect and they didn't want to kind of spend the money on something that doesn't have much of a a user base in? Uh, I don't think it could fall in there because the Kinect, you have to develop very specifically for the Kinect, like Han Solo and a dance game specific. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but like with the Xbox One X, even if you don't develop specifically to utilize all of its power, it's still probably going to have better performance than the PlayStation version of the game and the Xbox version of the game, simply because it has more RAM, more, um, you know, CPU, more CPU power, more GPU power. It's going to run more smoothly. So if you develop it for the Xbox as well, it's just going to be, it's just going to have better performance in general. Uh, the question is whether or not it's going to have enough performance, oh, enough of a performance difference to justify the $500 price tag right now. You know, probably by this time next year, it'll be $400, right? I mean, PUBG runs really well on it. PUBG doesn't run well <laughs> on anything. Okay, it runs <laughs> a lot better on the X than it does on the other ones. That's and that's not like as long as not falling through the <laughs> through the floor, right? Like or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not that not that I want to change topics here, but can you can you explain, if not now, at some point, why PUBG is so popular if people keep shitting on it every time they talk about it? Like you just said, like it doesn't run well on anything. I've heard a lot of people complain, like it was an alpha for the longest time or early access for the longest time. Yet it was like the, one of the most popular games of twenty seventeen. So like I don't understand like how does that reconcile itself? Dude, I'm gonna have a really tough time. I don't. I don't think it's fun. I don't understand why people <laughs> think it's fun. I just don't get it. I really don't. Especially it's a, it's a broken game. But I think I'm. I think I'm too old to deal with broken games at this point. And when I was younger, I'd play some really stitched together games. Like you know, like we play with a group and shit like that, and it'll be all fun. I'm too old for that shit. I mean, I need my games complete. I would have time to be falling through the world. I think a big thing with it, too, is, I mean, it's not the first of its kind, but it's, like, the first of its kind. Because, like, what did we have before? Like, H1Z1 and, like, Minecraft Battle Royale or whatever. So it's it's the first dedicated thing that they've had so far. So, so many people jumped onto it. But if you look at the numbers, I think um, Fortnite has hit more concurrent um, players than PUBG as of late. Also, not as fun. Not not that fun either. I, I played. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Not a fan. You know, I'm, I'm suddenly afraid that this podcast is going to turn into Christina explains video games to two old men. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quiet. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. We appreciate it. Obviously, we need to learn because we're like, yeah. back in our day, you know, we only played on our Xboxes and you had to bring the Xbox over to somebody else's house to play Halo. And it's like, how old you know, do you what, think what's I the am? Internet? Like. Dude, I think I think I told this story on the old Mashcast, but now on this Mashcast. So I used to buy everything on the Xbox, so in, including like videos, like before Amazon and shit like that. I would buy videos on the Xbox Store, 
and watch them like when I'll be watching like a season of a show or something like that. I just buy it on the Xbox store and watch it. I was ahead of my time. Anyway, so I bought this. I bought one episode of Fringe, not Friends, Fringe. And I bought it. Okay. I bought this episode of Fringe and the last 10 minutes of the episode were messed up. Like it would black, it would black out and it would kick back to the main screen. So I have to call Microsoft support and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So the guy looks at my Xbox Live account. He's like, you've had Xbox Live since the day it came out. I'm like, yeah. He was like, what did you do before Xbox Live? <laughs> and I sat there and I had to explain to him how it used to work before Xbox Live. I was like, well, you could either take your Xbox to another friend's house and hook it up. Or if you were in a, a lot of places, a lot of college students would hook it into the network and you play that way. Or you could use the GameSpy Arcade which is essentially a VPN tunnel that connected a bunch of Xboxes across the internet. And that's how you played together. But you specifically had to group it with, with uh, you know, specific people. And I told him my story, which my Xbox and TV were downstairs, but my computer was upstairs. And so I would have to run upstairs to my computer, get the tunnel set up, chat with everybody on like, you know, okay, well, this is what we're going to play. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then run back downstairs. No voice chat, by the way. Run back downstairs and actually play Halo, like how I play the game. It was a young man's game. This has been the State of the Gaming Union in 2001. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just funny. But, you know, back to, back to Microsoft, I mean, like, they, 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 the best game that came out on the Xbox this year was Cuphead, right? Not a AAA title. It's an indie title that has been developed for many years. It was an amazing game, don't get me wrong, but that kind of shows you the state of where Xbox is they're like they're not pumping out like I'm so, Cuphead's an amazing game. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, they had no other game that could that that no other Xbox exclusive like AAA Xbox exclusive to take that slot. But go ahead, Nick. At the same time, their best game has graphics from the 1930s. Yes. <laughs> so, but they're beautiful, though. I mean, come on. Yeah, Cuphead it does look great. Uh, I haven't played it as much as I want, but yeah, I mean, it's an amazing game. But usually it would be best indie title on Xbox, but, but the Xbox did not have, I'm trying to think like four is a seven. Four is a seven. Like that's it. And I called as soon as they said the Xbox one X was coming out. I was like, I can guarantee you the first game for is going to be Forza Forza, because that's, that's their show. That's their showcase game. You know, Forza looked amazing on the Xbox 360, <laughs> you know, and like, that's just the way it is. And, isn't there Can't just, like, for- somebody at Microsoft that just likes to announce these Forza games so they can get those really fancy cars, like, brought in for E3 because yeah. they can stand with it and, like, maybe drive it around the convention center at night or something? I'm always afraid those cars are going to fall off, <laughs> like, as they're bringing it down. Like, it's, it's like, my worst nightmare. Uh, no, like, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge Forza fan. Love Forza Horizon, though. But, um, yeah, I mean... I am expecting, well, actually, we'll get into that a little bit later, what we expect in 2018, but um, More 2017, <laughs> yeah, 2017 for Microsoft, and I, I, I'm i not worried about them, because I, you know, you can hate Microsoft, or you can hate Sony, you can hate Nintendo, but you need all three of these people, all three of these companies to exist for console games to work well. Because we've seen what happens when one of the con- one of the consoles gets a huge lead over the other. When Xbox had a, a, a actually sorry, let's start with Sony. When Sony was the top dog 
and my uh, the Xbox was an afterthought, and the Dreamcast had died, and Nintendo was starting to go on their own path. What the what happened? The PS3 launch happened, and we know how that turned out. That was terrible. Then when Sony's become from that, and Microsoft is becoming the top dog, and you know they're they're Sony's like really an afterthought at that point. What happens? Microsoft, they stop focusing on gamers. They start trying to focus on casuals. And that's how you get your Xbox dashboard filled with ads. That's how you get the Xbox, uh, the first Xbox One commercials having like one game in it and being more about Super Bowl and fucking uh, uh, fantasy football than about video games. Why can't I check my fantasy football scores through my Xbox? Tell me why that's bad. No, it's not necessarily bad that you can do it, but for the Xbox to focus on like not even game playing like they, they like not even people who play games that that's bad you know you know what i so think their problem was too is they went from like us being the, the consumers to oh they'll always be there because like we're so great to like comcast and all of their other parties being their consumers yeah i think is is the major problem that they had which yeah. they're now fixing i mean if you look at their e3s um they're like i mean there's not too many exclusives but there's like a bunch of just games. That's like all their showcase was last year. Just games. It's yeah. Phil Spencer. Yeah. Good. Cause exclusives don't just pop out of nowhere. Right. No. Those have to be planned and paid for way ahead of time. So their business plan, their original business plan for the Xbox one X or Xbox one, uh, didn't fly. And they tried to make it work in 2013, 2014, 20, you know, part of 2015, but then they brought Phil Spencer on board. Everything has to change now. So it's going to take years for Microsoft to really get back in the game. And, I'm predicting, you know, not necessarily in 2018. I think 2018, we're going to see some good stuff. Uh, but 2019, 2020 is when Microsoft is really going to, is really, okay, okay, we're back, you know. The interesting thing is that, was it two years ago now, when uh, Xbox had the horrible E3 where, like, Sony came out and, like, ripped them apart, and then Microsoft did, like, nothing because they realized, like, Sony ripped them apart? Yeah. And... But one of the things that that was when they were supposedly pushing the Xbox, I think it was the Xbox one. It wasn't even the Xbox one X at the time. The Xbox one wasn't going to have even a slot for putting CDs in. It was going to be all digital media and you wouldn't be able to return your CD or you wouldn't be able to return your games. And now we're seeing, what is it? They have that. uh, What's the game service that they announced? I can't remember the name of it. Um, well, but, yeah, something pass. I think. Some, yeah, where like basically you can you'll have access to all the games and you can just play them that way and through like a monthly fee. And it seems like for as much as they walked back all the stuff we had heard, they're still kind of going forward with some of that. And everybody, when they announced that service, everybody was very receptive to it. For as much as everybody kind of kind of shat on the idea that would have led to it, like two or three years ago. And I think that they might be in a position to kind of that that's good that people are going to look back on that conference. And I think Microsoft was like five years ahead from where, where, when they should have announced that. And oh, I think in the future, yeah. people are going to look back and they'd be like, wow, like, like Microsoft really walked a lot of these decisions back because Sony and, and Sony came at them hard. Don't get me wrong. And we all praise Sony. Cause it was like, Oh, Sony's like laying the smack down and Sony has been continuing to dominate the consoles. But I feel like, I feel like we're hitting that inflection point again. Like you were talking about like how, you know, Sony sucked with the PS3 announcement and Microsoft was dominating and then Microsoft fell out and Sony came back. Like we're going to see things switch where Microsoft is going to be ascending again and Sony's going to drop the ball and decline. The one thing I want to comment on though, is you said you mentioned Microsoft, Nintendo and Sony. And it's like, you need, you can't have like one of them get too far ahead because like that messes with everybody else. 
they're two separate races. Like you said yourself, like back in 2000, like Nintendo started branching, branching off and doing their own thing. Like it's, it, you have, you, the console war is fundamentally Microsoft versus Sony. And then Nintendo is like, they're, they're on the battlefield, but they're, they're like cosplaying a different war. Like they're, they're doing, they're completely doing their own thing. You can't, it, it, you can't compare what they're, they're, they're just so, so out there. They're doing something different. Don't get me wrong. Micro, it's, it's, Nintendo is marching to the beat of their own drum, but Microsoft and Sony are both taking note. And it's not like the, it's not like Nintendo isn't taking note of what Microsoft and Sony are doing. If they do something well enough, Nintendo will put their own mix on. Like to it. years later, like how long did it take them to be like, oh yeah, let's add online features to our game? Well, they they <laughs> they had they had to learn that lesson, right? To a degree, like they had the Wii U just didn't do that great. Luckily, they had all that fuck you money from the Wii and the 3DS. <laughs> so it was like you know they could they could survive that that's kind of like with sega right doing amazing with the genesis and then you know you have the failure of the saturn they can survive the failure of the saturn but not necessarily the failure of the saturn and the dreamcast <laughs> like they, they couldn't do that you can't they, have back-to-back duds the dreamcast never should have failed but that's a whole other it shouldn't topic. have failed yeah we'll do a shot we'll do a show about that independently We've already done shows about that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think one thing that, like you, you know, you, like you said, we're 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 you know seeing them maybe like coming across the inflection point for Microsoft. I think one thing that's important to remember is that as bad as Sony started the last console generation, as far as I'm concerned, they won that console generation sheerly on console sales. I'm I'm pretty sure in 20, at the end of 2013, Microsoft had sold like something like 72 million Xbox 360s. And Sony has sold like 75 or 76 million PS3s, something like that. Well, I think a lot of people, too, were jumping into the PS3 because it had a Blu-ray player. Like, people weren't buying it for, like, gaming, Blu-ray player, and Netflix, which Microsoft, for a while, you had to have gold to watch Netflix, whereas Sony, you just had to have the Netflix subscription. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But let's, let's go ahead and move into Sony in 2017, which... I mean, for Sony, for me, I really only had the one game that I really loved, which was Horizon Zero Dawn. But they're like the PlayStation Experience 2016 had a lot of people like in tears because of the games that they saw were coming out. Uh, but you know, I know Christina, you really enjoyed a lot of the games that came out on the, on the PS4 this year. Oh my gosh, it was a great game, or a great year for like RPGs. I mean, Persona Five, I've. <sighs> I cried every time they pushed that game back. I swear to God. I bought like the collector's edition. I had it imported. That was like $300 to have that imported from Japan. Plus the American collector's edition, which was like $100. Dude, I went all out for that game. Like Tales of Berseria was great. I didn't play um, Nier, which I really want to. But like, it's so, it's so good. Nice. Lord and Savior. Sony. <laughs> yeah, I... um. I know, like, but for the most part, I I I I think I, I poured about sixty hours into Horizon Zero Dawn before I beat the game. Like the last thing I did in the game was actually beat the last boss. But other than that, I I, I did everything else like I possibly do. I could not get enough of the game, and I was so excited when they announced the DLC for it, which I still haven't finished it because I don't want it to be over. I don't want it to be over. <laughs> like I'm really close to the end of that DLC too. This I'm is like, why you have such a backlog, man. Yeah. You just need uh, to bite the bullet. 
and get it over with. I know. Like I have like right now I have uh that. I'm still playing through uh, Gravity Rush um remaster and now Shadow of the Colossus is out and I'm just kinda like, God damn, like I, I just shouldn't buy it until I get through these other games. But yeah, Sony software wise did a lot in twenty seventeen. Hardware wise, nothing much. Like they're not even really pushing the PlayStation Pro that much. They're not pushing that pushing VR as much as I think they wanted to because they saw that VR. I'm sorry, but VR will never be mainstream. It will never be mainstream. Well, I think so. Like sometime last year, I think they were trying to hit like a million sales of the VR or something by like a certain date, and they got it like two months later. But I think statistically, they're doing better than the Vive and the uh, the Rift. I think. Well, yeah, because they're their install base, right? Like, period, and, and to use like the Rift and the Vive, like. You have to have cards that cost as much as a PlayStation, right? <laughs> you know, so the, the the PS4 install base is definitely um, there. I mean, I, the problem, more than likely, Samsung VR is kicking everybody's ass because of how accessible it is, <laughs> you know. But yeah, Sony did well with software. It was just the the hardware aspect. Like, there's no answer for the Xbox One X. Like, I think that the Xbox One X really caught them off guard. Like, they had nothing ready to go. Like, they were probably working on, like, a refresh of the PS4, but nothing to match the power of the Xbox One X. And even though, like I said, the Xbox One X right now isn't a a major player. Like, it's not a major... There's no, like, exclusives or anything like that. Sony's going to need to catch up because one of the biggest problems we had with the previous console generation was that the developers were just... Even though they were used to playing... Not playing, but developing with PS4, PS3 and the Xbox 360... They were constrained by the hardware of the PS4, or the PS3, and the Xbox 360. And when developers want to come up with these new cool games, the Xbox One X is definitely going to be way more attractive to them. To to uh, you know attract them, and you know since so many people have PS4s already, come the next couple of holiday seasons, I mean I'm pretty sure more, the Xbox install base is just going to continue to grow. Like there comes a point where the PlayStation 4 sales slow down a little bit because everybody has it <laughs> you know everybody's got one and now they decide to get xboxes as long as microsoft can give them a reason to check out the xbox in a way didn't microsoft kick off the next console generation because i know that the xbox one x is kind of supposed to be a half step but if it's a half step that's still like moving towards that next console generation and I guess it depends really when Sony's going to be ready with the PS five, because it seems like Sony is still on the, you know, I guess part of this is maybe because Sony is always you know, been, been very methodical about how they name their consoles. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, okay, well, here's the PS four this year, you know, in six or seven years, we'll do the PS five. And then six or seven years after that, the PS six and just move on down the line. And Xbox kind of realizing that they've, you know, gotten their, their butt kicked at various times, you know, with, with the console wars that, you know, for, it makes more sense for them to just completely eschew that method entirely and just be like every few years, we're just going to put out a refresh. Like you said, it's going to be the same platform every time. So we're never really, there's never an, a next Xbox. It's just slowly iterating and upgrading and you'll just replace your Xbox once it kind of gets too far behind. And in a way like th- that's not the same battlefront that Sony's fighting. And so we might see that the Xbox, and this could very well tie in what I was saying earlier about Microsoft being ascendant, that the Xbox is going to start to dominate. Almost, It's almost 
it's not even a half step between consoles. It's a half step between how it works for PC, because when the console comes out, it uses as close to top of the line PC that it can. And I know that's not at all near top of the line PC by the time it's usually when it's announced, when the console is announced, it's like, Oh, that's kind of like top of the line PC. And then by the time the console actually comes out, PCs already moved beyond it. But it seems like Xbox it's, it's, they're kind of like, instead of taking that step function where every six or seven years, the consoles move forward, they're trying to get that step function, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, to be more of a line than it is a step. And Sony still isn't quite there. I mean, the PS4 Pro was kind of an attempt to do that, but that seemed like, like you said, they got caught flat footed. That was the best kind of thing they could put out. And it even seems, I mean, they think, I think their thing there was they just wanted to put something out before Microsoft did. They rushed to get out that PS4 Pro and beat them. And it didn't really do much for them. I don't think sales for the PS4 Pro have really been that strong. I think the Pro was there as a, um, not a response, but like an addition to the PSVR. To have it run better. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah, to Microsoft. Yeah. That and, and 4K gaming, right? Because the, the PS4 Pro was definitely there to for VR because they wanted to sell those headsets and also for 4K. But Microsoft's response to 4K was the S- Xbox One S. The Xbox One X is them trying is, is them trying to move things forward. Can yeah, the that, S play in 4K? I thought it could only stream in 4K and HDR gaming. I think... It can, uh, I think it plays Blu-rays at 4K. Right. And stream at 4K, but I don't think it can play. It can play games. It's, it's just scale, HDR. It scales. It scales, yeah. yeah. It scales. But so, isn't, that, isn't that kind of like Sony's problem, though, that like 4K, like how many people really need to play in 4K? How, I mean, you said what, the VR is at maybe a million sales that there's no, there has yet to be a killer app for each of those, each of those where it's like, oh my God, I have to get PlayStation VR because I need to play this VR game. Everybody's playing this game. It's amazing. Or I need to get 4K because, oh my God, this Madden looks amazing in 4K. Why do I not have this? Like, I, I still feel like most people haven't made that jump yet. I mean, you could get Skyrim for the 10th time in VR. <laughs> I don't get that shit because people are buying it too. They, they, they keep buying Skyrim. You know what I don't get? <laughs> Skyrim in VR was okay, but Skyrim on the Switch, people are like, why are they doing that? I'm like, what the, you're going to buy it. What do you mean, why are they doing that? It's because <laughs> you keep buying it. Exactly. I feel like every year we should do State of the Skyrim and just add that to our <laughs> like State of the How do they really Skyrim this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They put out, um, I, they also put like what Bethesda's putting everything out in VR. They put out Doom in VR. I'm just kind of like, I wouldn't even enjoy it in VR because I, my, my head, my my the head that is on my shoulders cannot do a 180 snap and shoot somebody in the fucking head like and that is something that needs to happen in doom it is a requirement sometimes that you do a 180 snap and shoot somebody in the face like it it, it just the game would play way too slow for me i think you know did they so i know that they had the uh vr demo on the the pc where you like clicked into place you didn't actually like run. i think it auto run, ran or whatever do you know how it works on the ps4 i don't know i thought they actually um it might I didn't have know. been I, just I didn't a think mod it was on rails maybe yeah i yeah. didn't think it was on rails because that would be even worse <laughs> doom on rails why <laughs> like, no house of the dead vr yeah exactly like no <laughs> way yeah, but Sony clearly in 2017, like their their primary focus was not hardware; it was software, and they did a great job on that. But they can't just sit there and let Microsoft have this really powerful console just kind of sitting out there without some type of response. You know, 
And I think Sony's smart enough to realize that the way consoles used to work is is going away. Like, you know, they, they, they know like the, the console hardware and the platform need to be separated from each other at this point. Didn't you know? we, in like 2012, didn't we like poo-poo an article? It was like the death of the consoles, like your consoles are coming or something. And it was, it was, it was like, I think their yeah. argument was more that like console generations were going away. And I think we... We were like, boo, no consoles will be here forever. And I think that now we're finally maybe seeing that now, like five or six years later. So I have to go back and find it. But they said something else about like, you know, they didn't mention anything about hard, like, you know, hardware re, um, refreshes and stuff like that. Like they were basically talking about like, you know, that the consoles were going to stay the way that they were. They're not. They don't give them credit where they don't deserve it. Nick. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were they were they said something really stupid. Like, and that's why we said it was stupid. Like it, they didn't say something like, "Oh well, the platforms are going to be the same." It's not. They didn't. What they were talking about was not this. What we're seeing right now, where console generations are not going to be the same anymore. You know. So I think it's hard to predict because, like, they're not going to stop making consoles because people are going to keep buying them and then buying like the the software for it and stuff. But the big problem with consoles, unlike PC, like you get stuck with something for so long, it makes it so hard to develop. There's no way to update it unless right. you buy a whole nother console. My, my prediction back in the old Mashcast that eventually we just have modular consoles. That's that's the answer here. Modular consoles where, you know, you, you buy a console box, right? And you swap in and out like graphics cards, you know, GPUs. Like the fact, like so, you leave the CPU alone. The C- having to update the CPU would be the reason why you would have to get a new console box. But other than that, you could pop in new GPUs. You could pop in new RAM modules. You know, not like the, it's not like that's the first time we've ever seen that. Hello, expansion pack. You know, from Nintendo sixty four. Not the first time we've seen that before. So I think modular consoles are in the future because that that would definitely mean like you know instead of having to purchase. You know, an Xbox One X for five hundred dollars. Well, now you have this two hundred, three hundred dollar peripheral—not peripheral, sorry—but the um, unit or module that you can buy, and you can swap it out with your old one. You know, so I think that's still a viable solution to what we're looking at here. But you know, console manufacturers—they're getting used. To, I think they're getting used to the fact that people—they definitely want backward compatibility, but they also need to make sure that it's easy for the developers to develop and and move between different platforms you know microsoft definitely wants developers to be able to move between pc and xbox i'm curious to see how sony feels about that if sony would be okay with you know developing a playstation or under sony's uh publishing name also releasing on uh pc somehow so they're so weird though like i mean they have things like final fantasy's crossplay, but like minecraft like is open to everybody except for p uh for ps4 you can't cross yeah. play. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. Let's talk Nintendo in 2017. Like, uh, I don't own a Switch. I'm probably going to get one sometime this year, maybe. I don't know. I actually might be upgrading my PC. And if I do that, there will be no Switch. No, you got to get <laughs> but, one tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was in a Target the other day and they have one. I was like, oh, I should pick it up. And I was like, is it, is, I was like, three, still 300 bucks? I'll wait. Like, Still, oh, it's on. not even a year. What do you mean, still? They sold too well. <laughs> One is Nintendo. They're not going to drop their prices. Two, they sold too well. They're not going to drop their prices. Yeah. It's still 300 bucks. I'll wait. So we'll see. I'll, I'll get it on sale sometime. Because, like, it's not going to be a con. The thing is, like, 
the the bottom line with the Switch for me is that it's just not going to be a console I play all that much. Like, there's two games I will play on it right now. And, you know, I really haven't seen anything coming up that would make me want to play it. And I'm not going to be carrying it around portably either. So, yeah, I'm not paying full price for it. (laughs) Nintendo consoles aren't made to be a primary console, in my opinion, though. They're made to be, like, a secondary uh, PS4 Switch. PC Switch. Like, uh, I wouldn't have it as my main console. However, I absolutely love it, and I play it all the time. Right. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even play it all the time. Once I finished my game or two, it would just sit there for a long period of time until the next great Nintendo game came out. Because still, unfortunately for Nintendo, their best games are first party. Yeah, like they, but what are you playing? Zelda? That's going to take you like five months to complete. Yeah, I don't know. You should have saw <laughs> me get through Horizon. Not to mention, I put more time into... I put the One of the games I put the most time into was Metal Gear Solid Five, And I put 100 hours into that game in a, a little less than four months. <laughs> so... Oh, I, I put know. like 100 hours into Zelda within a month. I had to push through that before Persona came out. Oh, yeah. Like now, yeah, I, yeah, I, play, I played the show out of Metal Gear Solid 5. Because I was like, there's got to be more to this <laughs> than what they're giving me. But alas. Anyway, Nintendo, uh, they came out strong. It was funny because obviously you know, so many people were making fun of the console before it actually came out. But then it came out and everybody bought it. Uh, Breath of the Wild was amazing, obviously, one game of the year. Um, honestly, though, I still do think it was mainly because it was a Zelda game. Horizon probably should have got that anyway. I mean, I love the game to death, but I do agree with you that there was definitely some favoritism because it was Zelda. But it was still right. an amazing game. Like, Yeah. I mean, it pushed out Zelda and Mario Odyssey in the same year. Like That was like a guaranteed... You know, that, that's a formula for success. You know how bad a Mario game has to be to be considered bad? Like. I'm trying to think you, really hard on a bad Mario game. And I just. What's what's a bad Mario game? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Mario like the Mario the Tennis time, on the Wii U. The to- <laughs> Got it. That doesn't count. That's not. I mean, that's a Mario game, but that's not. That's not a. We're talking like. I don't even know here. they put a Mario Tennis out uh, for the Wii U. It's not good. Oh, uh, even the Mario and Time Lost in Time game. What was that called? Oh, what was it called? It was for the Super Nintendo. It was Mario. Is it Mario's Lost? Is it was it called Mario's Lost in Time? I can't remember. But I played the shit out of that game. I'm pretty sure you played as Luigi and you had to go find Mario. Hold on, a second. I'm gonna look it up right now. I I have no clue. Let me see if I can find it. Mario was it Mario's Time Machine? I think it was Mario's Time Machine. Maybe you played as Mario. And you had to find Luigi. Was that it? Is he talking about Luigi's Mansion? Like, I don't know. No. It is a a Super (laughs) Nintendo game. I'm pretty sure it's called Mario's Time Machine. Yeah, it was Mario's Time Machine. Fucking awesome game. Even that was a good one. (laughs) Didn't... I mean, it feels like there's always been sort of a holy grail. I know, like, Sony kind of tried to get close with their remote play with the Vita. and. you know, trying to to get encourage people like, oh, you can take your Vita with you and play along, you know, play your game on that. And that, nev- that never seemed to get quite the penetration that they wanted. It seems like the Switch finally did it right that everybody was like, this is how we do remote play now. We'll just, you just take your console 
out of the stand and you go with it and we're good. And I think uh, it, it seems that that's, I mean, it, I don't know. Nintendo always needs a gimmick for their consoles and, and you know, the Wii gimmick with the motion controllers, that was mind blowing at the time. People like playing the bowling that worked. And now you've got the switch and people, people like taking their consoles on the go that worked. The tablet with the Wii U just was a, an off year gimmick. So I guess whatever they follow the switch up with, whatever new gimmick they have for that, it's not going to work. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the, the I think that that is one of the things, right? One of the the uh, the fact that the portable aspect was definitely uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, well, a lot of people didn't expect it to be as good as it was, right? Or or have be have, have as much of an impact as it was, right? So, um, yeah, right. I think that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm not going to lie. Like every time I just pick my switch up out of the dock, like I'm amazed. I'm just like, oh, my God, it works perfectly. But like, duh, because that's how it's supposed to work. But it's still like mind blowing. Like I was just playing this on the TV. Now it's in my hands. Now I can go lay in bed with it because I don't go anywhere. I, I don't take it out. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. Like, it would, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use it in that capacity. Like that thing would never leave the dock for me. <laughs> Yeah, hardly. I took it to Japan and all I did was play Minecraft. Like <laughs> <laughs> I had so many games I could play and I played Minecraft. Did Minecraft come out on the Vita? Yes. I'm sure it had yeah. It Mine, did. Minecraft is like Skyrim. It's on everything. It's on everything. Right. This, Minecraft is on more things, actually, isn't it? But it's twenty dollars every time. Skyrim is sixty dollars every time. That'd be fucking believable. <laughs> it didn't make that idea. It's just a gift that keeps on giving to Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Nintendo definitely moving at the beat of their own drum, but catching up a little bit with their online service. A little bit. I heard that. I heard there's still some complaints about it, though. Uh, maybe. There's going to be complaints about everything, like anything that they do that you have to pay for. It depends on how their online services hold up. Oh yeah, but yeah. Hopefully they hold it better than PSN. I don't don't play online enough to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, PSN is just a constant. I think I talked about that last time. Where PSN, I, I, I I can see the PlayStation Network servers because we're co-located with them for my job, and that never makes me feel great. but yeah, so I'm curious. I'm curious to see how Nintendo, not Nintendo, yeah, well, I was gonna say not Nintendo, but yeah, Nintendo is going to move forward because they they usually don't release like a Zelda and a Mario game in the same year. Like, you know, how are they gonna how are you gonna follow up with that? Well, they Nintendo still have, Labo. Yeah, <laughs> you know that yeah. could be their dumb idea this time around, and it's all cardboard. So even if it doesn't sell that well, it's not like they spent that much on it, and they can just recycle whatever they they don't sell. Apparently, they said, too, if you break the cardboard, just contact them and they'll send you more. If you break the cardboard, just tape it back up. (laughs) Cardboard. Take take the box you bought the Labo stuff in, cut it out the same piece, put it together. It's not that difficult. But But no, Nintendo just overall, the Switch launch, I think, was really good. They had a really good, like, first party lineup. Um, just like the whole, like that's, if you look at like year one with like Xbox one and PS4 compared to year one, they're like, um, switch, there might not be as many games, but first party games, there's a million of, and 
I think it did so well that they might be ready to announce the death of the, the 3DS, honestly. Because I think so, that's what they were waiting for. Sony, more so than Microsoft. But I mean, but both Sony and Microsoft, they do have like franchises that are that, that hit hard on their consoles. But I, I think just, just because, you know, sheer longevity, like Mario and Link or, or Mario and Zelda, like those two console, those two franchises, when they nail that, and it's, especially in the case of Breath of the Wild, where you have people saying like it's a complete reinvention of the, the series, and and it's, it's 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 inspiring them to develop other games in different ways. That when they when they're able to hit on those, I don't think there's any game any an existing franchise that can rival that. That when when you have a, a, a you know it's it's like a boxer like landing you know his his up his uppercut and just knocking you out. And Nintendo did it twice last year. And sure, they have other stuff, you know, all Smash Brothers and the real Mario Kart and, you know, so, some of the other games in their their repertoire. You know, Metroid is coming. They can pull that up. Pokemon is coming. They can pull that out. But I just feel like when when they hit with Zelda, when they hit with Mario, you know, even if, you know, Microsoft had like a great Halo game come out, like Mario is just going to dominate that year. It's It'll be close. And I'm not I'm not I don't, I don't I'm not I'm not shitting on Halo or the other. I'm just saying that. Mario and Mario and Zelda are just iconic that there's just when they, when they're at the top of their game, nothing touches them. Yeah. I mean, you get everybody from every aspect, every walk of life. I mean, playing those games like Halo, you have kind of a specific group of Zelda. You have like moms and grandmoms that are like, Oh, I grew up with Zelda and they play it that you have kids, you know, it's like everybody it hits everybody. Yeah. So I said, I'm just curious to see how they're going to follow up, but we'll get into 2018 a little bit later. Let's kind of talk about trends in 2017. Uh, there's always a trend in the year or, uh, you know, trends build up over the a few years. And then you have one year that where it just explodes. Um, and then last year, 2017, uh, I think we saw a lot of things happen. One is esports. I still think esports is, I'm still going to call esports a trend, not that it's going to fall off the radar from a popularity perspective, not in that aspect, but in terms of every publisher wanting to make an esport. Like, every publisher wants their game to be some type of esport. Um, Ubisoft is definitely leaning on Rainbow Six to be its esport. If, you know, if the division didn't do as terribly as it did when it you know first came out, they probably you know relying on that. Uh, Destiny Two, they reworked the, the Crucible to be a more competitive. That's what they were trying to make, and they failed miserably at it. Serious? <laughs> yeah, the Crucible was switched to four v four. There's more information on the screen on the HUD, uh, and it was more focused on team fighting. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so so Destiny Two, Destiny itself. A game plagued with development issues that they're like, okay, let's try to fix them for Destiny 2. And in the midst of everything that they're trying to fix with Destiny and be like, okay, this time we're going to nail it out of the park. Hey, let's make it an eSport. Let's throw that in there also. That's what they were thinking when they did that? I'm not... Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying it's okay. Who's running Bungie? Like, these are the people that made Halo awesome. Like, how... 
like, like, what, did all the good people leave and they're just stuck with like the interns that showed up that, you know, got tired of dragging their, their, their Xboxes to other people's houses. And they're like, Hey, let's just go play at the office. Like, like who's, who's making these decisions? No, no wonder in orbit is dead. <laughs> yeah, Rest dude, in I, peace. You know, that, that's another trend in orbit dying, you know, I pour some out for them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I mean, uh, even Squeenix had Dissidia, literally esports game. That's what they made it for. Yeah, I still I get I get you know lots of emails from publishers and every other email like this game blah 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 is designed this way something something esports like it's like it, I I was watching Twitch one morning and it was like a MOBA style game that they were playing but every time the the, the camera came up to the players, I always noticed they were looking like straight down. I'm like, what are they doing? They're looking like straight down. And then the camera finally comes over on the players and they're playing on their phone. It's like, it's like a mobile style game that they're playing on their phone. And I'm like, this is the silliest shit I have ever seen. Like, and they, uh, they had a full, they had like an esports arena built for it and all this shit. And I'm like, wow, like they really are trying to push esports. So, Esports in general, like, you know, stuff like the Overwatch League or um, ESL, you know, um, Counter-Strike, stuff like that. I, I don't I don't think that's going to go to the wayside at all. But what I think is going to happen is that uh, publishers are going to stop trying to force games to be esports or the games to be played as esports. I think almost any game that comes out that's multiplayer, you'll find a competitive community form around it. But just because the competitive community forms around it doesn't mean it can be an esport. Well, I think there's two things at play here. One is that the market is still perceived as developing. So people think like, oh, hey, there's room for us to move in and build up our product and build up our esport, you know, build up our Overwatch League, as it were. We, you know, we can get in here and get some of this money because like nobody's like, hey, I just invented a new game where we like throw a ball in my backyard. Let's make a league that can rival the NFL. Like nobody's doing that because like real sports are established. There's no new, I mean, like you don't see like people coming over like, Hey, let's make cricket a thing in the U S like right. 32 cricket leagues spread across the country, you know, with a, you know, the, an American cricket championship. Like that's not happening. You know, that, that market, those sports are established and there's no room for that people to come in, but, but still here. Well, you know, I shouldn't even say that we still, cause you have the XFL trying to horn in, on football, so maybe that's, I'm wrong in that that's regard. That's not a sport, though. That's entertaining. Well, no, but it's still football. But but it's I guess like somebody's trying is to be like, it? oh, hey, we can be another big league. I'm not is saying it? they will. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the you say you called it football. It's, it's entertainment. It's, that's it, like it's calling extreme that's like, football. That's calling like the replacements football. It's, it's a movie about football. It's movie. Uh, the replacements is a movie about football, and the XFL is a is a TV show about football. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 a football like product, but anyway, uh-huh. but but I'm I'm kind of like counterdicting my own point here because I'm saying like people still think there's room to move in, but I think but even more so in the esports because it's not so concrete and set in stone. It's not like we're like oh these are the four main esports that everybody plays. There's no room for a fifth. Like people are still sort of hammering all that out. So that so I think game companies are rushing in to be that. But the thing that I don't understand is what do they get out of it? Like I guess Blizzard got what like ninety billion from Twitch. Was it to or ninety million? Well, yeah. At that point, it's not about the consumers, right? It's no, about no. the companies that buy into it. It's about the companies that do the sponsorships for it, right? Uh, but, go ahead. But no, what I want to say is like Blizzard's getting that ad money. 
that like all the ads that are being sold, all the presumable eyeballs that are being on Twitch and wherever else people watch an Overwatch League, that's where the revenue is being generated, and Blizzard's getting a chunk of that. Right. Yeah. That's that. I believe that's where the money's coming from. Plus merchandising and things like that. Uh, you know, every time somebody buys an Overwatch League skin with the league tokens, they get half that money. I mean, a big thing, too, is when you uh, push yourself as like an esports game and you're like, we're going to be the next biggest esports game. And people like see see that and they're like, oh, I want to buy this game. That's going to be the next biggest esports game. And even if it's not, they're making sales from it. That's true. Um, and I would have thought that Overwatch would have had a, a bigger influx of players with Overwatch League coming out. But then again, they might have, and I just might not have noticed, to be honest. Like, I might not have, uh, they haven't released any new numbers since Overwatch League came out. Because, like, I'm thinking about when League of Legends first came out. And there's a lot of people who, there's not many people who remember League before it was League, right? I was, I played League of Legends when it was an alpha. When they were still here, when, when everybody thought, when everybody who played Dota thought that Heroes of New Earth was going to be the competitive game to play for MOBAs, right? Uh, and League had a huge influx of players when they started, you know, their, I guess what you would call their esports path. Now, there was a noticeably big jump, and there's a lot more people playing the game on a regular basis. Uh, with Overwatch, the same people I knew who played Overwatch when it first came out are playing Overwatch now. Well, I think part of the problem is that people might have been introduced to League because it had that esports thing that maybe people just didn't know about it. Whereas here, if you're following the esports scene, if you're following the video game scene, and you're only learning about Overwatch because of the Overwatch League, like what rock were you living under? I feel like Overwatch was very well marketed, and Overwatch had a lot of success early on that I don't know, that I feel like maybe they're near saturation already. I don't know what audience the Overwatch League is going to reach that the game already didn't. That's true. I mean, it's it, with the Overwatch League, it's actually kind of funny because the only reason why it's as big as it is and it got the support that it did was because of how many people were playing overwatch, you know? So it's, it was kind of reversed in that method. Uh, but yeah, I do believe that esports and over the next few years, like we're going to see less new esports titles. Uh, I mean, I'm even seeing tons of indie games. Like there's just this indie game that came, that came out the other day and I can't remember the name of it. It's laser league or something like that. And it right, looks yeah. like a lot of fun, but they built it for esports. I'm like, I'll play it, but I'm not. Well, I'm not seeing it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. That seems like the kind of thing that's a lottery ticket. Like if you hit on that, if your little indie game becomes a massive esport, like there you go, you're done. You can quit yeah. and do whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, you're probably not hitting, but if you do, because otherwise, you know what? You're an indie game. Next year, you'll just put out a different one and just keep moving on and, and doing what you're doing. So. Yeah, let's just take out a third mortgage on the house and put out another indie game. <laughs> it's just uh, going to keep rising until like one day, what either esports, whatever, is going to put up regulations or whatever, and it's all going to crash. You're, you're going to get your major games, and then maybe some things introduced in the future. But it's you have to have a rise before it stabilizes. Right. I mean, like this, there's always going to be room for games to come in, but uh, you know, each I think each. Um, Esport, like you're not going to have two major players or two. I shouldn't say not two major players, like in this for the same type of game, because you definitely have League of Legends and you have Dota and you have Heroes of the Storm. Those are all games that are essentially esports of the same genre. But let's be real, like 
like you know, League of Legends is far ahead of everybody else in terms of that. Uh, just like I really can't see Rainbow Six making a huge push into the market that Counter Strike has right now because they're both tactical shooters. Even though Rainbow Six is a lot harder, it is. I'm sorry, guys. It is. Um, kind of my my, my Counter Strike people, <laughs> but but Rainbow Six is just a lot harder. And I don't know. Overwatch is kind of its own thing, right? There is no other first person shooter out like Overwatch. Oops, sorry. That's right. They have those copies. Uh, the same people who made uh, what you call it, um, who made uh, oh god, I can't remember the name of the first game that they made, but they make Paladins. Paladins is the is the Overwatch copy. So is that yeah. is that still around? That is definitely still around. Oh, okay. and It is free to play. It is the poor man's Overwatch. Yeah, that's that's the one where they like. Flat out cloned the characters. They yeah, pretty much flat out cloned the characters. Well, but you, you even had, so. I mean, what was it like one of the trends of like 2016 was just Overwatch clones, like this, like stealing that whole concept because you had uh, was it Gigantic, which was kind of a riff on that. You had Gigantic was not like Overwatch. It was not a riff on that. No, it was it more was of a not. MOBA. It was more. It was more of a third post person MOBA. It was more of a oh god, what is, it's like a third person MOBA with gods. What is the name of that goddamn game? Smite, there we go. Smite, that was the same people who made Smite made Paladins. Smite was a third person MOBA, but um, yeah, you're right. What you call it? Um, Paragon. You, pa- what Paragon ja- also? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Christina. Sorry, I thought you lost your track. I was, was going to help you. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I don't think I yeah. can help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paragon also third person MOBA and um gigantic third person moment they were going to try to kind of hop into that but i don't even know what happened to gigantic i know for me what happened to gigantic was that i was playing it at one point and then i went to go play it again like i stopped playing it. i was i was gonna go check it out again and i had to download a launcher for it through some other company i was like never mind i think it's still <laughs> going on isn't it it's, it's just dying there it, it's ending i think in a few months they, they said they're, cl- they're shutting it down oh that's a shame i didn't even realize it actually fully launched it was a cool little problem then i I am it looks good i don't i don't play those games but yeah but like it's it's just sometimes just just not enough there's not enough players for a certain type of game to have multiple games like that Mm -hmm. like you know people who play smite are the same people who play paragon are the same people who play gigantic you know people who play overwatch are the same people who play uh, paladins you know so that that that's why but you know eventually i mean like you're right it is going to stabilize a bit but what i just want to stop saying is every game coming out trying to force itself into an esports mold because like just make the goddamn games people just make the games give them enough failures and then they'll stop yeah they will eventually (laughs) it's gonna take a few years uh, we were talking about this a little earlier, but battle royale games are becoming a trend Mm -hmm. paragon paladins again came out with a battle royale mode i haven't even i haven't oh, even seen yeah. a goddamn video for it i refuse to look at it <laughs> I, haven't even seen, I refuse to look at it well that's what we're talking about with uh with paragon the reason Par- they're killing paragon is because they're focusing on fortnite yes they are focusing on fortnite because it like fortnite was i think it was doing all right but wasn't doing great and then they put in that battle royale mode and the game explodes the game explodes and now you know, you can't get anybody to play Fortnite regular because you actually have to pay for that. To play regular Fortnite, like the 
like the uh, the PVE, yeah, like the co-op PVE, you have to pay for that. You have to have uh, a founders pack. And battle royale, anybody can play that. But yeah, battle those two, like you know, right now, I think the two vying for everybody's time are Fortnite and um, PUBG. PUBG, yes. I was I was gonna let him suffer. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. For, you'll, you'll you'll learn when he needs help and when he doesn't. You'll figure. <laughs> it was it was a good Maybe. one. I'm sorry. Fortnite and PUBG are the two battle royale games right now, but that trend is just going to expand. Like with those two games doing as well as they are, and they're not even finished. I can just see a whole bunch of different publishers. They're never going to be finished. It's going to be like the Minecraft. Minecraft's never done. Uh, (laughs) It's it's done according to Notch. (laughs) He cashed out. It's officially out, but they add like, New thing, not even like a little bit of new things, but a lot of new things. Every well, that's just patch. that's just games as a service, though. Like Minecraft is definitely games as a service. PUBG and Fortnite will be games as a service. Overwatch is games as a service. Mm-hmm. They're constantly going to add new True. things to it. So, Let's- but you know, saying that it's done or not done, when you stop falling through buildings, it's <laughs> done. <laughs> okay, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's one of the charms. when your Jeep doesn't explode instantaneously, you know, like by accident, you know, then it's done. You know, when that rock that's, you know, five feet to the left instantaneously moves in front of you, like, yeah, then it's done. Like all the bugs in fucking PUBG is, you know, that's when it's done. But go ahead, Nick. No, the thing is though, like um, as far as like the battle Royale games go, like it's really, it's not even a full game. It's a game mode. Like if you have a shooter, you can just, like add that in so like yep. i expect like in the next year or two like call of duty is just going to include a battle royale mode and at that point it, when everybody buys call of duty they get that anyway doesn't that kind of like just kill all the other competition like everybody else like why would i play i mean i mean it's entirely possible maybe fortnite does it better but i think you're seeing for as like what i was talking about earlier where you have people shitting on PUBG all the time because it was in early access fortnite added it in there and Fortnite at least has a stable enough thing. You're not falling through buildings like you're pointing out. Yeah. And that's, that's why Fortnite was able them. to pick up the yeah, <laughs> Fortnite was able to pick up the baton and run with it. And I think you're gonna see something like Call of Duty. People are speculating at some point maybe it'll get added to Overwatch or something again. Like that's a game as a service. Like there's enough there's enough games out there that can easily integrate this in, and all they have to do is do it well enough. And I think you'll see I mean, I mean, I, and don't get me wrong. I think part of the key is that this, the game mode, at least as it was done in PUBG and Fortnite, makes it easy to stream and it's great for that. And I think as long as these other games do that and they're able to catch the fun, I mean, especially a game with a user base like Call of Duty, like Overwatch, that, you know, for them, it's not like they, they, it's not like they're really they don't have to bring people in. They already have the people there. And then it just means people are going to come in and it's easier for them not to have to go. Why would I load up? And play the game in Fortnite. I already have Overwatch open. Or why would I have to load? You know, I'm going to play Call of Duty. And I'll play the Battle Royale tonight. It's. I think you're going to see that this genre is going to get just subsumed into the shooter genre. And we'll move on from there. I think it'll be a bad idea for somebody with an established audience to actually introduce Battle Royale. That's a great way to lose people to another game. Like if Call of Duty does put Battle Royale into their games, it's, not, it's still not going to have the same player base as PUBG or Fortnite at this point. And people who they're, they're now interested in Battle Royale, they're like, okay, well, maybe I will check out PUBG. Gone. That's what you're really fighting for. You're fighting for the gamer's time. So you don't want to introduce them to that mode, and then they go check out the better game. You know, because then you're they, they can only play so many games at one time. Well, but I guess, 
I guess though, is anybody who goes to PUBG are they not coming back the following year for Call of Duty? They might, but Call of Duty is not just about buying the game in October or November. Call of Duty is about buying the game and buying the DLCs every time they push them out. Who, That's what who, they want. Who doesn't buy all that up front in the the founders pack or whatever the hell they call it every year? You just buy the the gold package, whatever everything. Nobody does that because they're like, I'm not going to play all that stuff. And then they buy the <laughs> map packs one by one and spend like a million extra dollars. Yep. And that's how Activision wants it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they want it. They just want that money. But yeah, I don't think it'll be a good idea for Call of Duty or an established game to do it already. Not to mention, like, well, the reason I don't like Battle Royale games is because they're so RNG reliant almost. Like they're it's it's luck. A lot of it is luck. Uh, you know, you know there's different areas in the map to land, but you don't know what weapons are going to be there. So, you know, if you pick up the, the first weapon you pick up is a pistol, but somebody manages to get like a purple semi-automatic rifle and you meet that person. Well, you know, I'll catch you next game. Like, you know, because it's it's over. Like, I, that's one of the reasons I did not like either like both PUBG and uh, Fortnite because of the RNG aspect. For my multiplayer games, I prefer everybody to be on even footing right so yeah, yeah rng jesus is not on my side so i can't play those games i fucking hate rng you know it's <laughs> i in, in fucking destiny one i had i didn't even i never got a gallon dropped never got a goddamn gallon dropped and that's the most powerful gun in the game you know i bought and when the uh, gallon finally came to zero i bought three of those fuckers just just because i could <laughs> <laughs> you know so let me ask you this though. So I, I won't disagree with you that it would be a bad idea to add that to Call of Duty. That said, there's nothing to stop Activision from making a bad idea. So you think they'll have the foresight not to add it? I think Activision is going to try to find a way to incorporate it in. I just don't think they should add it directly into Call of Duty. What I would do maybe is uh, if I was Activision is you know you have call of duty and then one of the dlcs add that in you know because then people will be i think they'll be more inclined to play it if they if they if they had to buy it separately right so yeah i think that's what they do but they are going to try if if battle royale continues to work out activision is definitely going to try to find a way to get it in there and call of duty is just their it's their flagship you know, they're going to try to find a way to do it, but I don't and know. Just add it into the zombies mode. People eat that shit up. They're going to, they're, they'll get it. Yeah. I was even considering getting zombies this year. I'm like, hmm, I haven't killed a bunch of zombies in a while and nobody's playing Fortnite anymore. So, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. But uh, next on our list is nostalgic games. You brought that one up, Christina. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> There's so many. And it's not even just this year, and it's not just like this year's trend. It's been every year, man. Crash Bandicoot has hurt my soul so much. <laughs> but with like all the Kingdom Hearts games re-releasing, the only game that I will say was okay because it wasn't technically a re-release, but like a remake was like Metroid because it's it was kind of like how do I because it, it's the same game but like not really. We're the same format. Yeah. But, dude, there's so many. Dragon's Dogma came out. Okami HD, which is really nice. I can't get too mad about that one. But it's just so many. I just want people to focus on new things. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, re-releasing those old games is a great way for developers and publishers to make extra money and hopefully put that into new IPs. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, updating Okami HD, like, you, you have some remakes. Like, I, like the new Shadow of the Colossus, I thought it was just an HD update. It's actually a remake. Yeah. So, you know, that, that takes a bit, that's a bit hard to do, but Okami HD... Well, it looks the same way I remember it looking on the PS2. But if I actually were to play it on the PS2, I'm like, oh my god, it looks so much worse. So they kind of just cleaned up the textures a bit and made it, you know, 60 frames per second, stuff like that. But they didn't, like, really redo it like they did with Shadow of the Colossus, you know. So, yeah, it's a great... I, I don't mind them because uh, it's a great way for, you know, people to experience older games, which I think is important. Because if you only have access to newer games, you don't know what you're missing. Like, you, people these days have no idea that you used to be able to unlock skins and other color packs just by playing the goddamn game before. That was how it worked. Like, the, the philosophy they had when they were making the games in the late 90s and the early 2000s was to pack as much as you could into those games so that people keep playing them until the next game. You know, they want they pack so much value into it. Now they don't do that anymore. Because they don't have to. Because they keep because, re-releasing the old games where you can do that in it. Also true. Also true. But no, but also, I mean, those games back then, they didn't they didn't have the ability to update the games. They, there was no expectation that you had internet at the time. Like these games were made for a completely different, completely different world. And it's great that, you know, it's great that they're still re-released because I mean, at some point I'm gonna, you know, sit down with my son and be like, hey, this is the original Mario Brothers. Except no other substitute. Like, you know, play this one and let, let's go from here. And then we'll work our way up to Odyssey and beyond. Like, there's no, there's, I, I'm, when I had my Wii, I got on the virtual console and I brought a ton of games that I owned back in the 80s. And then I, I, I wound up lending that Wii to somebody and I never got it back. And I don't have those games anymore. And I don't know. I'm hoping at some point, like, I'll get a Switch and there's a virtual console on the Switch. I hope I can get Wrecking Crew on there. Wrecking Crew is like my favorite, the uh, my favorite Nintendo game from like the old school Nintendo, and I want to see that back. But I mean, I don't mind. See, that's the thing. Like, if they had, if it was just digital, like I'm okay with that. It's just the const. I don't know. It's it's so hard to explain, but it's just like the constant like physical releases of all these games, and you look at it and you're like, well, I want to buy that because I had it before. Like, just release it digitally the same way. People are still gonna buy it. Yeah, I was. I still. I generally only buy stuff digitally. But if they release like, like a like a like a Kokami HD with a book that came along with it that had stuff about the art process and the development process and stuff like that, I would totally buy that shit. You know, show that to some kid. Like, look at this. Look at this shit right here. This, this, this <laughs> is when they made real games. <laughs> I Back think Shadow in my of day. the Colossus had a collector's edition too. I mean, not two, but. Yeah. Oh, the new one for the PS4? Uh-huh. There's oh, a special what? edition for that. Who's Does going to Amazon right now? This Good guy. luck. Yeah, it comes with Shadow <laughs> of the Colossus. No, I mean, does it come with an actual Colossus? Like, I want to buy one of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can put it in your come, backyard. And then climb it and, and jump <laughs> off. And... Oh, there is a special edition. It's not, it's $100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about to check that out. You're this welcome. Is... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> My girlfriend's not going to appreciate that. Oh, it has a collector's book. It's bought. <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell her when you carry it around with you. Just be like, what? I've always had this. She's going to notice it next time she's here. 
Wait, wait till you find out that's what she got you for Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, no, because she's never heard of Shadow of the Colossus before. So that's, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's just going to call her up in the middle of the night like, hey, like, who is this? Shadow of the Colossus. And they just hang up. She'll have to know after that. Uh, a bit less of a surprise now. So, uh, Okay, let's move on to the final item that we have for trends, which is loot boxes. Like Everybody is adding loot boxes into their games, which is a pain in the ass most of the time. Um I mean, I was complaining about Overwatch loot boxes, but it, they're actually not that big of a deal simply because they're all cosmetic. I just want the cosmetic items that they, that's in them, you know, so it's kind of a pain in the ass. But, you know, especially toward the end of 2017, we got a taste of what possibly could be happening more in the future if the, if publishers can really get it figured out. And, and that was in Battlefront 2 and Shadows of War where... And there's other games that have loot boxes that have important items in them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we're seeing loot boxes that have game-changing features now. Like, you know, you're like loot boxes that unlock characters or they unlock certain weapons and stuff like that. And to get them in the main game, you have to spend a ridiculous amount of time to get them. That's specifically what happened with Star Wars Battlefront 2. I know with Shadows of War, uh, what happened was there are, in order to 100% the game, there are items that you can only get from loot boxes. So if you don't get the, you don't get the items you want in the loot boxes that you naturally get throughout the game, then that probably means you're going to have to purchase some loot boxes to, if you want to get the platinum trophy, you know, or whatever the equivalent it is of that in, on Xbox. If I don't think they have that, by the way, I, like a platinum trophy equivalent, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah, the um, this can be a major problem, and this is a trend I want to see stop. Uh, Battlefront Two, they turned off the loot box system, if I remember correctly, because of the backlash they got. But let's be honest, if that wasn't Battlefront Two, let's say it was a game that wasn't as popular, uh, it wouldn't have happened. It's not about that game being popular; it's the fact that Disney got got aware of the blowback and disney stepped in and said you need to stop this because you you cannot fuck up star wars yeah <laughs> you cannot fuck up star wars and- well i think that started because like you know because of the buzz surrounding star wars for the holiday season the report about the loot boxes actually made it on like cnn money or something like that yeah because it, it was perceived as affecting activision stock that the stock actually started to drop that it got enough attention that they crawl yeah like they got in the cnn they got that mainstream attention the stock started to go down a little bit and well that was ea stock that started to go down a bit but um they got a Disney call stepped, from bob Iger. yeah and they were like no you cut this shit out right now like you are you you like you take the loss on this game but you know i mean and that's the thing too i mean ea paid how much to get that disney or to get that star wars license and you know they can't they can't lose that that's that's how many of their games that they're going to be doing going forward and so it's uh, yeah i think you're right though that if it wasn't a star wars game if i mean it could have been something popular but if if it was i mean you know let, let's look at mass effect or something i mean a failed you know game franchise there but let's say that that had an excessive reliance on loot boxes that no, no, there's no, there's no, you know, entity, no deus ex machina effectively coming yeah. in to put an end to that shit. Like EA, I think is more than content to just be like, we're doing the loot boxes. 
fuck them. And, you know, and then we'll see. We'll see. Because, again, as we've said before, gamers are great at talking a good game before the game comes out. But once the game comes out, they still buy the shit. They still pay for it. And the money still flows to the developers and the publishers. And I think that if not for Disney being like, whoa, 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 I think yeah, if it was any other game, I think then they just go right ahead and then and then we see what happens because I'll admit if 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 we had a chance to actually see like would the battlefront sales have been terrible if the loot boxes were left in there as much outcry as there was I don't know that there would have been I think EA, I think EA still makes a ton of money and they're like look it worked and I think we got lucky that it was that example with Disney to step in because now whoever does it next is actually going to think twice before they do it well, loot boxes are bad but do you I just think there's a lot of backlash because it's cool to hate EA, which is totally, I mean, they do so many things that like make you want to hate them anyway. Uh, But I wonder too, if it was like any other company, even if it was Star Wars, if, if it would have been that bad as well. Because I I didn't hear much about Shadow of War, honestly. It's not that loot boxes are bad. They can feel predatory. And they may very well be predatory in certain ways. But the problem is, like you, like you said earlier, like Overwatch loot boxes, like they're done well. It's all cosmetic stuff. Like you, you don't want what I think players don't want to see is they don't want to see a game become pay to win. And there were two problems with Battlefront where that certain things that they felt should have been included in the base game, like Darth Vader as a playable character should have been included in the base game. You can't take something that is sort of. You know, it's it, you know. I, I think we complain about that a lot. Like we're like, oh, you know, they 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 strip out the meat of the game and then they put that in his DLC. Like you need to leave certain things in the base game, otherwise people are going to get really upset. Darth Vader is one of those things that should be in the base game. You can put like, you know, there, there's so many characters in the Star Wars canon. You can put like IG88, put him in the uh, the loot boxes because the people that are actually going to be upset that IG88 isn't included in the base game, they're not going to you know raise that much noise, but. So I think like if the loot boxes are done well, the other problem was that there were a lot of skill ups that were in those loot boxes that uh, I think was skill ups and like advanced weapons that if you bought enough loot boxes, your character was straight up more powerful than other people's characters that weren't buying the loot boxes. And that's when people get upset is that when 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 nobody wants to see a game, especially a game. Like it's one thing if it's a free to play game and it's like, oh, hey, you, you know, the game's free to play. But then when you get in there, then you can start buying power ups and hey, now I've invested this much money. I'm awesome and I can dominate anybody in there except other people that have put in just as much money as me. Like that's kind of like an understood system going forward. But when you're paying $60 for a game up front and then it's pay to win like that, you you're that you're really going to piss people off. And Battlefront was guilty of doing that. And they were guilty of putting the the characters that should have been in the base game in there. And that's what drove the that's what drove the the outrage in this case. I think if they had just left it cosmetic, and what was it? Oh, what was it like? Uh, even then, like they're 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 being very uh, they're not being very uh, open minded in in what it means to do a cosmetic game because somebody said like you'll never see like a pink Darth Vader in, in Battlefront. And it's like why not? Like, don't you <laughs> don't you pay attention to your fan bases? There are people that have cosplayed as pink Darth Vader. I would guarantee you that. Like. Right. Put that like you like that's where you make your money is you you throw crazy stuff like pink Darth Vader, you know you know like I'm sure that that, that like Blizzard with their Overwatch skins I'm sure that like they have gameplay reasons for maybe whatever restrictions they have but at no point are they gonna be like Diva is Deathwing like why would like that doesn't make any sense we would never do that like it's not actually that was a hero skin but that's, that's besides the point but um yeah it's I think that. 
as long as it's cosmetic, I think you can get away with loot boxes. But even then, you need to be careful that they don't become too predatory. But, um, but yeah, when you're when it's pay to win and you've paid sixty dollars, that that nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Right. Yeah. But I can see like for what I think for these publishers like EA, and they're looking at Battlefront. It's like okay, well that was a failed uh, case of that. Let's see if there's another way we can be more predatory with loot boxes and get away with it. I think that they're constantly looking for that. Well, there's the, there's the patent that Activision has that it'll, uh, it's for a system where it takes two players, putting them into a match-based system, maybe more, but I think it's at least two. And it matches new players up with people who have cool shit so that when you get in there as you're like, Oh, Hey, here you're playing with somebody who maybe an overwatch has, you know, the awesome diva skin has the awesome, uh, uh, doom fist skin. And you're like, Oh my God, I want that. I want to play with that. And then it's not about being matched with people of the same talent level. It's not about being matched with people, you know, put being put into a good fight. It's about being put into people just so you can see what you don't have and what you want. And there's been no evidence that that's been used yet that that system's been put in place in any games, but they have the patent for it. And I know people got very concerned about overwatch when that patent was discovered, because like, you know, like I gave him the example that it can mess up the experience, especially for new players when you want them to be, you know, as as much as it's like, Oh, Hey, that skin looks cool. That's great. At the end of the day, you want to have a fun game. Like that's the most important thing. And there are legitimate concerns that loot boxes can be abused. I mean, we've seen loot boxes be abused and I think it's a very hard line for the player to walk. I mean, ultimately, ultimately don't buy the loot boxes. Right. <laughs> that's, that's really the bottom line, but you know, but it's, you know, especially in the game, like overwatch, those skins are beautiful. Like blizzard, the blizzard artists do a great job with those, but stop buying them. <laughs> well, in regards to, and usually you're the one defending the, the, the games industry, but I'm gonna flip what you just said over. So you said that patent, I did hear about that patent. That patent is for, so that new players get matched with players that have cool shit. And the reason I think that's not as big of a deal as people made it out to be is specifically because it said new players now if that matchmaking system was going to continue uh with players that were established in the game and didn't necessarily have the cool stuff but somebody else was they were matched with somebody else who had a bunch of cool stuff that's a different story but when you go into a multiplayer game with matchmaking overwatch counter-strike um actually no not counter-strike but uh like overwatch call of duty something like that there's just a new player pool period right that there's, there's a new player pool, and they're not necessarily ranked. Their internal MMR is trash. Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna have good matches to start out with anyway because they, they don't know anything about the player. So matching those players up with people who have like cool shit is a different story. However, what like at, with Overwatch, once you get to like level eight, like that's whenever I make a, a new account for Overwatch. And this is on PS4 on the Xbox, and I have two three accounts on PC. So I've done this. Four times at least. Um, by the time you get to level eight, your MMR is now matched up with the people you're supposed to be playing with, and your games like I, there's a stark difference between the games that you had before and the games now. If that if that matchmaking continues to affect that, that's one thing. But for new players, eh, it's not that bad, but still of concern, <laughs> you know. But I think there's room 
I think maybe there's room for another patent then. And I shouldn't suggest this because, well, not, I don't know if anybody from Activision is listening, but like, why not do a patent then? And it's like every so often it looks at what you have, especially as an established player, you now have presumably have a list of what you have. It can figure out what you might like to purchase based off that. And then it'll put you in a sit in a, in a game with somebody who has that. So you can be, it's like, Hey, like this guy collects Doomfist skins. Let's put him in a game with somebody who has Doomfist skins that he doesn't have just to be let's make him be like, Oh, Hey, like this is what you're missing out on. And it doesn't have to do it every time. If it did it every time that would ruin the experience, but maybe once every eighth game, once every 10th game, like just enough so that like, you're like, Oh, that game was a little bit off, but whatever. And then you go right back to going on your business and, and stomping noobs and whatnot. And you know, and then you're like, at some point, you're like, hey, maybe I'll buy that Doomfist skin because uh, it looks pretty good. Well, established play players, I think, already know, you know, what skins and what things are available. So when you do it to a new player, it's like kind of like, oh, wow, that's so awesome. And then they buy because they don't have gold. They're a new player. They just buy a bunch of loot boxes. Or, yeah. I mean, Overwatch doesn't do that, but an example of. Oh, no, they do. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they No, like the match, the matchup with people with cool stuff. Oh yeah, well that's just yeah. the patent that they're saying that's not in 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 use right now. I mean, there's tons of patents that are out there that are in use. Like I remember when everybody freaked out when Microsoft patented a uh, a connect a, a patent that used the um, the connect. When you're watching videos, it counts how many people are watching the video, and if too many people were in the area watching it, it would turn it off because you're not <laughs> licensed to show to that many people. Microsoft has that patent still, but obviously never in use. That would be awesome if they like licensed that with the NFL because like you're not supposed to like have Super Bowl parties. Like you're only supposed to have like you and maybe your immediate family watching a Super Bowl. Really, Super Bowl parties are illegal. Yeah, because it it counts as like it counts as like a public showing of what is effectively a private game. Oh, womp womp. Well, it's, not, it's never going to happen. No, we, we, we just find a way to circumvent it. A little tape over the connect. <laughs> <laughs> the next connect will have a little like hand that comes out and just rips the tape. Off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, loot boxes are of concern, but hopefully what happened with Battlefront 2 and Shadows of War is a bit, uh, you know, kind of make them back off a little bit. Let's talk about uh, impactful games of 2017. Uh, I at the top of my list was Horizon Zero Dawn. That was, so I I expected it to be all right, pretty good, but I was like just really surprised at how good the game was, especially when I stepped out of the first area and I realized how big the map was in Horizon. It was massive. Like, the, did you ever play it, Nick, or no? No. I mean, you could play that game and like you, you probably wouldn't be done by the time Horizon Zero Dawn two came out. No, I'll, I'll get to it. Games. I'll get to it eventually. It is it is definitely on my list of games I need to pick up. But yeah, I've, I've heard nothing, nothing but praise and good things about that game. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, but I think I said this before. The Switch came out way too close to it, and I couldn't get it. And I just haven't had because it was like the Switch, then Persona, and then it just snowball effect. Mm. Yeah, no, Horizon. I, I was I didn't want it to end. I just wanted more game. I'm a little upset that they're only making one DLC for it. You know, like that. I was like, God damn, like that's such such a good game, and I was really surprised that I was like, when I was watching it, I, I want to finish the documentary on how they made the game. I'm just like, there's no way a, a human being made all this terrain. They had to procedurally generate this terrain. There's no way a person made all of this terrain because, like, when you're in the game and you're going up through mountains and stuff like that, there's like you don't you don't see a bunch of duplicate assets or anything like that that you would normally see 
in a game like that. Like obviously, you know, foliage is foliage, but like the actual rock structures of where you are are unique. Like if you show me a picture of the game in certain places, I can tell you where that is on the map of the game. You know, so like it's it's it was really awesome. They did an amazing job there. Gorilla Games coming off of Killzone made a made a amazing uh game there and I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how long it's going to take for them to make this the next one because Horizon Zero Dawn was really the pro, they they had prototypes for it back with the previous console generation, like around the time that uh, Enslaved came out. They, Enslaved was the reason why we didn't get a Horizon Zero Dawn on the Xbox 360 and PS3 or PS3 specifically because they said, okay, well, the games look too similar, or the settings are too similar, so we, it's not a good time to put it out. You did know? they leave it open? Because uh, I didn't play it. Well, I guess you didn't finish the DLC, but they, they, did they leave it open for a second one? Well, yeah, because, so the DLC takes place in the middle of the other game, like, uh, of, the, of the main game. Like, it's, 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 just, it's not after the game. So, yeah, they left it open for uh, a second game for sure. Actually, yeah, the DLC does not answer... So there's there's something that happens at the very end of the main game, and the DLC does not touch it at all. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's very like I I I, I if they don't make a part two to Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, but I obviously I don't want it rushed, and I mean, for as big as a game as Horizon Zero Dawn was. It's. It, I can easily see see it taking like five years to develop another one, you know. I so, think that's about standard, yeah. Easily, so I don't know, like if they were working on the second one when they when they by the time the first one released, but with the with the amount of hard work they put into the DLC, that kind of tells me no, they might be starting fresh there. I mean, they, obviously they they'll use this. I would imagine they're going to use the same engine, you know. We'll see, though. We'll see what they do. Horizon Zero Dawn was great. Uh, Breath of the Wild I put up there, obviously, because it won Game of the Fucking Year, so it was an amazing game. I did not play it, obviously. Neither did Nick, but Christina, you played it. Dude, I did everything. Except the seeds. Oh, my God, there's too many. And I haven't done all the DLC yet, but I did everything in that game. I, it's the same thing. I did everything because I didn't want it to end. Um, I had to end it eventually, but you could play that game literally any way you wanted. You can do the final boss from the very beginning, if you really wanted to. Um, I, obviously, some things were lacking. I think the music could... The, the greatest soundtrack was like at the end of the game when you get to the ca- castle. Like There's not really much music incorporated with a game like how it has been leading up like so much in the past. But mm-hmm. the game was beautiful, um, especially on the Switch and tablet mode. Oh, my gosh. Like I was not expecting it to look that good in tablet mode and it was amazing. I didn't really get too many drops from it, which I'm expecting from the switch. Cause it's not really too crazy hardware wise, but it, it wasn't, it didn't really impact my gameplay at all. So. Well, nice. Mario Odyssey, obviously another big game. Anytime a 3d Mario comes out, uh, even though I did, I did appreciate the Kirby jokes with the Mario game, you know, you'll be Mario becoming other characters. And Kirby's like, hi, like I've been doing that for decades. But uh, yeah, that's another one I didn't get a chance to play. Those are the two games that I play if I got a Switch. So those are the two games I want to Switch for. So I'll play two those games. games. Yeah. Mario yeah. took a lot of time too. Oh my gosh. Especially at 100% it. Like, I can't. I can't do two like that. 
that in one year. <laughs> yeah, I'm just surprised. I, I, I'm surprised they did them both in one year. Um, I would have expected them to do one after the other just so they have like a major title coming out for year one and year two, but they really wanted the Switch to come out strong. That's why. Um, I think another impactful game, at least from all, that was on my radar, was Wolfenstein 2 this this year. Um, not just because of the gameplay. Like, it's an amazing shooter that they put together. The first, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein the, the New Order, and The Old Blood were both great games. But this one is... They, they really took what they had and, and took it to another level. And I think one of the things about Wolfenstein makes it great as a shooter is that it expects you to be good. It doesn't baby you at all. You play the first half of the game with 50 health. You have 50 health, like health points total, in the first half of the game until an event happens and you end up having 100 health. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's pretty fucking awesome uh, what, <laughs> happens, <laughs> what happens in that game. And just the story in general was, they when they were making the story, they weren't, they weren't trying to make a political statement. It became political. Um, because hey, yeah, guess what? We have Nazis actually, mar- you know, walking around the streets of America and rallying. So now it becomes more political. Uh, but the they the story that they put together for Wolfenstein Two was actually really, really awesome. I was just surprised they got they got a lot of press because you know, um, you know, a lot of Nazis did not said you know, well, this game is too political. I'm like, well, dude, you're a fucking Nazi, like. <laughs> like that, that, that's kind of what happens like we're making they made a game about people they didn't think existed anymore <laughs> you know that's how those games kind of work like you are a unicorn my friend <laughs> you, you know you like you don't really exist anymore at least they didn't think so but nobody expected you to actually exist in 2017 and then that's why so it's just um they didn't appreciate you know being slaughtered because you just oh my god you rip Nazis apart in this fucking game, and it is amazing. Like some of the uh, some of the gore effects, it's great. <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. But um, no, they did the the game from a gameplay perspective is really good. They put together some really great scenarios for you to play through. The weapons feel good. The movement feels good. The story is good. It's not annoying, and it's a long game. It might be a little longer for me because I'm playing it on like the second to highest difficulty. So if I get shot like three times, it's it's over, you know. And I'm like, they have a difficulty that's harder than this, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, Wolfenstein is an awesome game. So I, that's a pretty impactful game in 2017 for me. Also, Hellblade is another game I did not play, but it was actually pretty impactful for a few reasons. Um, one being uh, that the studio that put it together, like they, the way they budgeted the game. You know, they, they were very smart about budgeting the game. It did not require a lot of money for them to put this game together. They put together $30 worth of game. And they told everybody, this is $30 worth of game. And people who bought it loved it because they knew what to expect with it. And they budgeted the game well. And they put together a really tight experience that's basically about mental health. It was a way to approach mental health, uh, that game. So it's... um. That I would say that game's impactful because it may give other smaller studios kind of like a blueprint on how to go about making these games you want to make without having to get millions of dollars from publishers and then having to listen to their demands. Because that's what a lot of that's that messes up games a lot. 
when you have to go to Activision and to get this money, they're like, yeah, we'll publish the game, but you got to put multiplayer into Dead Space 2. <laughs> like, that, 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 like, stuff like that is, um, you know, what really, or that's EA, sorry, I wasn't Activision, but, you know, uh, that stuff like that really messes up games, but when developers can take their vision and actually just work on their vision with, you know, with the type of budget that ends up being a bit better. That's why some of the indie games are amazing, right? Because, you know, they're the developer's vision from point A to Z and Hellblade made that happen. So hopefully uh, they continue, you know, working on that, uh, you know, working with that philosophy and other developers are able to use that as a blueprint. Now, so about 2017 fumbles, number one fumble, Destiny 2. <laughs> I mean, that, I, it was like, how do you fuck that up? Like, everybody was waiting for it. Everybody was like, even after what happened with Destiny, even after what happened, people who played Destiny for a month when Destiny came out and then put it down still bought Destiny 2. And you still fucked it up. Like, all it had to do was be better than Vanilla Destiny. No, that's not true. That's not that's true. Not true. No, it needed to be as good as where Destiny left off. That's true. Because, and, that, and I think that's one of the big problems, is that a lot of the progress that Destiny made, and it's almost like the ironic thing here is that when they decided, like, okay, like, we, we screwed up Destiny, we're calling it, let's just put everything into Destiny 2, and then the team that was working on Destiny 2 just ignored all the changes that they then made to Destiny to keep that going, that if if they had just kept Destiny going, if instead of doing Destiny 2, if they had just come out with whatever next expansion it was and just kept growing the world that way, I think it'd be a lot easier for them to get to a place, well, aside from some of the ingrained problems with Destiny, like taking six hours to move a rock or whatever the the thing was, like putting that issues aside, which I'm assuming they've resolved with Destiny 2, but that, no, it's just, they, they, they it's, it's, the the game, I mean, it was great. Everybody loved that game for like the first month. Like you said about Destiny, everybody loved that game for like the first month. And then there was just no, it had no meat to it. There was just nothing after that. The reward system, it's a loot shooter and the loot was disappointing. Plus like when you look, if you looked at screenshots of Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 next to each other, there's like almost no difference between the two. Like you, you really can't tell the difference between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2. Um, you're right. Like Destiny Two came out, and it wasn't as good as Destiny left off. Period. And on top of that, it was just more casual too. Like it was, it wasn't as for there was no challenge to playing at all. Uh, most I'm tra- like they got rid of the old planets, but the new planets were the old looked like the old planets. So like, I'm trying to think. Like, what did that tell John? I said it was uh so. Uh, the last planet is it Titan? No, it's not Titan. What's the last planet in Destiny Two? Is it Nessus? Io, Io, Io. Yeah, Io is Mars with a different color palette. If you take the Mars color palette and put it on Io, it's the same fucking planet. It's it's Mars. It's rocks. <laughs> okay, that's it. Nessus is Venus with a different color planet. Venus was green. Nessus is red. Like that. What that is what it was. You had the same enemies from Destiny, like you know, you had no no difference in enemies. They even had the Taken, but there's no reason for the Taken to be in Destiny Two because you killed the Taken King, <laughs> you know, in Destiny. So yeah, it's they came with some bullshit side story quest shit that that explained why the Taken are here. They're supposed there's somebody trying to be a new Taken King. How could there be a new Taken King when the old Taken King is dead? 
Like he was the one who made the taken, period. You know, so yeah. it must always be a taken king. Yeah, it was it was stupid. But uh yeah, Destiny 2 was just a huge flub and had a a, a sharper drop than Destiny 1 for sure. And I knew it was bad when they were doing free weekends and discounts within two months of the game coming out. You know, now Activision, not Activision, but now Bungie is scrambling to make things better for the game, like adding things back to the game that were missing. You know, private matches, why weren't they in there with the beginning? I mentioned the 4v4 Crucible earlier and how they were trying to make it more competitive, but one of the reasons they went from 6v6 to 4v4 was to fix, not fix, but uh, work around the networking issue they had that caused lag. That's why they did that as opposed to fixing and putting in dedicated servers. Like, Destiny 2 has to be one of the biggest fumbles. It, 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 it fumbled so bad, it reinvigorated another game. Like, The Division, the, the, the SitRep Radio, the, the listenership of SitRep Radio has tripled since Destiny 2. Tripled. You know, that, that shit's ridiculous. That's how bad you fumbled the ball. You fumbled it and the other team recovered. <laughs> here's the thing it's like i'm not disagreeing with you that destiny 2 is the biggest fumble of the year but here's the thing it's such a big fumble that this is also the same year where we saw mass effect andromeda kill mass effect yeah there is no more mass effect <laughs> and that in any other year would be the biggest fumble but no it's like it's like any other normal fumble in the same year when you had uh matt sanchez with the butt fumble yeah. like the butt fumble just wins yeah. it just wins and so all the other fumbles as bad as they were, and, and Mass Effect Andromeda was a big fumble. No, Destiny 2's bigger. Yeah, that that's fair. I was just surprised. Like I expected I didn't expect myself to play Destiny 2, but I didn't expect Destiny 2 to kill one of my podcasts. I did <laughs> like Destiny 2, you mean Destiny 2 a brand new game killed in orbit like within months, like two yeah. months after coming out? I'm I'm amazed by as a as a listener of In Orbit, I'm amazed by that. Jorge, I, I was like, oh hey, they're all excited. Destiny Two's coming; it's great. And then they're just, it was like, yeah, yeah, they're just nothing. Jorge and David had to be two of the biggest Destiny fans. I could say all time, Destiny could do anything, and they will find a way to kind of be like, oh, it's going to be okay because Bungie's going to do this and Bungie's going to do that. That, sh- that used to piss me off about the show, <laughs> you know, that they were so positive about destiny they loved destiny and destiny 2 comes out and they like they really didn't just it's not like they they shat on the game or anything like that just like they just found other stuff to do but you know jorge starts working out david starts playing i just saw him playing overwatch the other day (laughs) what i'm hearing from you is that destiny 2 succeeded at being a weight loss program yeah getting people off that ps4 and into the gym you know so like it's yeah destiny 2 is definitely the biggest fumble uh battlefront 2 we talked about that at length pretty much that was a huge fumble that should have been a a massively successful game uh which kind of it's funny to me how many people were excited for that game after battlefront 1 after the first battlefront dude i played when I, i got battle i wasn't interested in battlefront to begin with but then I got the first Battlefront because a bunch of my friends played. And I was just like, this game is just all casual. It's all casual. You don't, like, there's no recoil on the weapons. You just got to hold the trigger down. It shoots in a straight line until you overheat. That's, like, really the only challenge of the game. 
I mean, if you play first person shoes at all, you're just going to dominate Battlefront, period. And the game really was made for people who don't necessarily play shooters. They don't play Star Wars. Uh, so I, I'll tip my hat to EA for that or to DICE for that, for making a first person shooter that literally anybody can pick up and play. You know, I was like, that, that's impressive. Well, it's pretty bad when one of your selling points is, hey, we have a story, which is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the other thing, too, is that I guess much like Destiny and then Destiny struggled and then Destiny 2 struggled. Like now you've got Battlefront struggled because there was minimal content in there for the price. And then there was more content for an exorbitant price. And they were like, oh, no, we fixed that. We fixed that in Battlefront 2. By, you know, by adding in a story because a lot of people because I mean, it's, it's a Star Wars game like you want to play through like some kind of story there, at least even if you're just playing through the same story from the movies. Like, let me, you know, play through these standard fights in a single player mode. And, you know, they, they, they got all excited about that. And from what I've heard, the story's good that, you know, they they, they had, uh, you know, it was was well done. They had uh, what Janina Gavankar, who's, who was big in, in the story, playing Iden Verso and promoting that and. And then, yeah, it's like, I feel bad because a lot of people put all this work and effort into the story side of it to make sure that was all up to snuff and the loot boxes just tanked the whole thing. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, when they do Battlefront 3 in, like, a year or two, what, like, what are they going to screw up there? Well, I didn't hear <laughs> the story was good. I heard the story was okay. And they just, like, threw a bunch of shit in there to, like, make people happy kind of thing. Same thing. Uh, I like yeah, I, I Janina Gavankar, so I'm I'm a little biased. And Christy Golden wrote the uh, the intro novel, so I'm biased in that regard as well. Yeah, so uh, Battlefront Two definitely a huge fumble. Shadows of War also felt was a huge fumble. That even though I don't think that game was expected to be that big to begin with, because even the first one, the first was it um, Shadows of Mordor, was a great game. And surprise everybody was a great game, but even though it, that was a great game, it didn't generate Shadows of War didn't, didn't generally generate a lot of buzz. But the most press it got was negative because of the loot box system. And the one I don't have listed here was Mass Effect Andromeda. It fumbled so badly I kind of forgot it came out. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you. Um The memes. You you can't forget the memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I, I don't even think I'm gonna be playing Andromeda until my second playthrough of the Mass Effect series. Which is going to be all uh, Renegade. I did Paragon before. It's going to be Renegade. Even though with Mass Effect 3, I probably won't play to the end. Because I know the three endings are the same. So, or four endings. Well, it's three endings are the same and you can get a fourth one where everybody dies. I still have to, I still have to play through that. So Mass Effect 3? Yeah, I got got like halfway through and then I hit what? I think I started one fight a little bit earlier than I should have. And and so it's a bit more difficult. And I was like, I'll get back to this. And then I had the kid. Yeah. (laughs) I had a sad moment when uh, what was his name? Uh, so yeah, dice. yeah, yeah. That was that was a sad moment for me. He doesn't have to though, Nick. He doesn't have to. Uh, I'll, I'll I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. I'm gonna yeah. say that. <laughs> well, I did. Like you know, you come across a, a point where you know you can take two paths, and one he does, and one he doesn't. But there was another uh, death that I didn't get. Like I know can die in that game um by suicide i did see that that um why, why, are, that you, why are you still talking <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, hey, I didn't see that either. like you know I, I didn't get that either but i saw that because somebody was complaining this is when the mass effect 3 complaints were going around and people were complaining that not only did they not make a lot of the assets for the game but they stole certain assets and there's like when tal in that cutscene. 
if dying i don't know what triggers it i don't know what triggers her death or what triggers her suicide but if she does die it focuses on a picture that's supposed to be her but it's actually a stock image of somebody that you get on like you know iStock.com or something like that what (laughs) yeah like iStock photo or something like that so yeah it's like an easter egg inside an easter egg like that's insane yeah so I, I I am looking forward to my playthrough because I'm going my second playthrough because I'm going to try to make sure the characters that died before don't die this time, and so when you do the DLC, there's a DLC in Mass Effect Three where everybody kind of gets together and parties and stuff like that, uh, and there's a lot of interactions in it. You know, I get to talk to somebody else now. <laughs> so, but yeah, those are 2017 fumbles. A couple of other uh, big moments. In 2017 was Visceral Games closing down, which I don't know. Visceral Games, a, a lot of people were like, "Oh man, this this shows you that these publishers all they care about is loot boxes and games as a service." And I'm just kind of like, "Well, when was the last good game Visceral put out, though?" No, but I think the problem with Visceral Games was weren't they working on the Star Wars, um, the what? what I guess whatever the latest iteration of was it like sixteen sixteen or something. That, yeah, they were that was something they were working on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so that was the problem that the, the perception because that got shuttered right around the same time we had the Battlefront explosion, and the the the, the thought was that oh this got canned because it didn't have enough. They were just doing a straight up like Uncharted style single player game. Didn't need loot boxes. Didn't need multiplayer. Didn't need all these things that you expect in their your you know that publishers like to see in their games. They, and the perception was that's why that guy can not for other development reasons. And I forget there was, uh, I think, uh, I think Kotaku had a nice write up about why exactly like the development was, pl- was plagued on that game, what all the, the problems were. And it wasn't, it wasn't the loot box issue. Um, but that right. was the perception at the time. Well, yeah, they had a bunch of problems with development in that game. And the, the, I took that and look at their, their last few games, like what they put out, the last few games were like, were, um, well, the one they were working on, uh, Battlefield Hardline, which was a goddamn circus, and uh, Dead Space Three. Like <laughs> <laughs> those games, they, those weren't good games. Dead Space Three, another game that killed the franchise. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that's mostly due to like EA. Like you can't yeah. have a horror game with co-op. It's not scary with a friend. When well, you have all guns. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's the, the problem is that how many times do we see EA purchase a studio? Everybody's excited because like, oh, hey, like they'll have EA's resource. What are they going to do? And then they EA meddles to the point where their games are terrible. And then it does the sort of responsible thing and takes them out back and shoots them. And yeah, I don't know what happened. They used to have these waves where they'd be like terrible company. Everybody hates them. And then they go back down, and it's like, okay, now they're doing good. They're pushing out good games and all this good shit, and now they're up. Oh, now they're just a terrible game. And they've just been plateauing at that terrible publisher thing for a long time now. The last time they had a good dip was back with Bad Company 2. Bad Company 2, um, Medal of Honor, when that came back out, the kind of combat, what, what Call of Duty was becoming. But then after that, they just really can't catch a break on... You know, push out a good, good games because that, that around that time too, that's Dead Space Two, as well. You know, so the the big the best thing EA has done 
for us since you know Dead Space Two, you know um, Medal of Honor is putting out those dope ass uh, Star Wars uh, Old Republic cinematics that are better than the movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing they've done for us. I've heard that that's in trouble too. That uh, that the Old Republic is is uh, it has a has a lifespan on it. Well, I bet. I mean. I I don't know how are they gonna how is it gonna survive the next WoW expansion? That makes it's, this survive. It went free to play, and it's, it's supposedly it's been doing well since then. But uh, I think I think that's the thing is everybody's used to everybody is so used to EA killing their studios that like at some point Bioware or that's what Anthem. If Anthem fails, Bioware is done. <laughs> that's the next. <laughs> that's the next thing to look at, and everybody's everybody's watching with great interest like what's going to happen with anthem because like how is ea going to fuck up the monetization of that that when anthem gets you know like the actual like what's the game going to look like you know as far as the content structure and and you know loot boxes no loot boxes like when we finally get all that information like are we going to be happy with it or are we going to be like nope and it's just that's going to be your instance of battlefront 2 without disney to step in I think Anthem would have had a harder would have a harder time if Destiny wasn't and it's in shambles. Got to be honest with you. Destiny may have enough time to fix itself. I mean, there's a lot of fixing to do there, but I mean, there's a lot of fixing to do. Who knows? I think that's something. This is what we'll be talking about: the state of the gaming union 2019. Is you know what what shape is Destiny and Anthem's on its way? You know, maybe the division just kicks everybody's ass. Yeah, Sitrep's gonna triple its member uh, listenership again. I mean, Sitrep. I, the, the, I don't. Obviously, Ubisoft has been working on another division. Like, there's no way they're not working on the division too, with the amount of money that the division made from on a launch. So it's just, I think they're just stepping real lightly, making sure they don't fuck it up. You know, that's what they're doing. We, we. I don't. I think uh, you know, year three would be coming up for the divisions very soon so i don't know i think at e3 we, we may see some type of announcement from ubisoft i would not be surprised and i welcome it i welcome it like come on you can do this ubisoft you can do this <laughs> i feel like the division two should be called subdivision Our hard nick <laughs> yeah. uh also house marquee changing its focus this is actually kind of what uh launched our first episode you know talking about the uh, you know, are there too many games out there? And House Marquet, who makes amazing arcade games, specifically arcade shooters, can't find an audience to buy their games anymore, and they have to change focus. And that makes that makes a sad job right there because they make like Next Machina was fucking great. I love Next Machina, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm curious because they already have stuff in the works. So I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, also, what uh, Take Two forms private division for indie games. Which that's like you know, like that's like a Devolver Digital, but backed by Take Two, basically. And Devolver Digital, like if you don't know who Devolver Digital is, like what kind of games are you playing? Not the good ones, because Devolver you Digital. The, oh. You haven't watched the Devolver Digital E3 presentation. Oh, please like, do! It's so yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Devolver Digital just they they just been like for years have just been putting out heat. Like the the games they put out are fucking great. Uh, so yeah, like. Devolver Digital, they like uh, if if take and Take Two is no slouch either. Don't get me wrong, you know Take Two puts out uh, that's, that that's like Rockstar right right there. You know what I'm saying? That's GTA, 
that's Red Dead Redemption. They're no slouches either. That's Rockstar Table Tennis. The game is fucking fire. You know, <laughs> like that's that's what that is. So yeah, they. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they put out because they're like based off of what they said, they are looking to kind. Of, based off of what they said, they didn't say they're looking to be like Devolver Digital, but based off of what they said, it sounds like they're going to looking to have that same type of relationship. They want to take games that look promising, uh, give them the uh, the the backing that they need, and let the game kind of come out. So, you know, this is a couple years back. Hotline Miami is right. You know, it sounds like something that's like right under there, like right in their alley. But guess who pushed that out? Devolver Digital pumping out that heat, like I said. So whenever I see Devolver Digital on a game, like if I see that as the publisher, I pay attention to it because they're no slouches. So um, other moments I had, actually I had Overwatch and Toxicity here because I've played a lot of game multiplayer games in, in my gaming career here. A lot of games with some really shitty communities, too. And Overwatch has probably been the most toxic I have seen. Mainly because there was no repercussion for a very long time. So it wasn't like your average toxicity, like, you know, somebody just saying something or calling you a fag or something like that. It wasn't like that. It, the toxicity I've just seen in Overwatch is lots of, like, throwing in the game like people or people losing like you know they're, they're like they're losing on purpose or they're trolling you they're griefing you you know uh, stuff like that like that stuff went on overwatch for a long time to the point that overwatch team has had to put out several development for updates uh talking about their efforts in combating that and the reason it got so bad is because the community really had no recourse to fight back the console community still has very little resource to fight back Real recourse to fight back, and you know now they're cleaning up the mess, which they've been doing a good job of. I will say that, but still, for 2017, I was one of the hottest topics of 2017 was toxicity in Overwatch. I've been seeing you know. games get a lot more toxic like recently too, especially in Final Fantasy, where like I forget literally every dungeon I go in, which is pretty bad. I have an awful memory. And, like, people don't care. Like, they pull everything, like, right away. Like, they don't care if you're new. I went in a dungeon where one of the DPS literally just sat on the floor because there was a new tank and they were only pulling one, like, wave at a time. They weren't running through the whole dungeon and pulling everybody. Like, dude, let them go at their own pace. But we had to boot them because they were just sitting on the floor not doing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's getting a little ridiculous and you know, one more people are gaming in general too. Like I, I will say that is like more people are coming in, and you have more attitudes to deal with. But back in my day, when the community when the when the community had the tools to police itself, these things would be dealt with so quickly. You know, you had global ban lists for Unreal Tournament, global ban lists for Counter Strike, global ban lists for Battlefield. That you know, if you could find an official EA server to play on or an official Epic server to play on, you could still play the game. But the bulk of the community and the best player, you know, a lot of the best players in the game were playing, you know, on non, you know, uh, publisher servers, right? So it was almost like having been on like Loser Island if you couldn't actually play, you know, on a, on a community server. So, you know, communities can't police themselves anymore uh, with the rise of all well, the, the decline of dedicated servers. You know, these companies, they want to control everything. And if you're going to control everything, you have to control 
the community. I mean, in different um, different games find different ways to do it. Like, I know League of Legends have the Tribunal role. CSGO has something called the Overwatch. And um, Over- Overwatch is something called the CSGO? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Blizzard, now they, they are, oh, specifically for Overwatch, they just, they just got to take it way more seriously. They've been taking it way more seriously. So as long as it gets dealt with, I'm fine with it. But you can't just, like, let it go. So, you know. And, um, yeah, you you want to talk about 2017 cringe moments? Listen, cringe is one of my favorite things ever. Just But, like, E3 and, like, the VGAs are just, like, full of them. And it's just so bad. Like, the need for speed with, like, that YouTuber. <laughs> Your face, though. With that YouTuber, like, he was not prepared. He even admitted, like, I wasn't really, you know, knowing what was going on. It was really bad. But I don't know if you guys watched that link that I sent you about Joseph Ferris. Did you see it at all? Oh, well, the, for the Game Awards? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Was it, he drunk? Like, that's I don't know. Like. He blames it on jet lag. So, like, even when he was at E3, one, at E3, he was, like, groomed up. Like, he looked really nice. Like, at VGA, it looked like he's just been through some shit. Like, his hair's, like, all over the place. Like, it was crazy. But even then, like... The whole time he's like, my game is amazing. This is so amazing. I have so much passion. He didn't say anything about the game. And then the video game awards, he didn't say anything about the game. He was just like, look at this place. It's so fucking awesome. It was, it was amazing. Like, at least like, if anything, like watch that clip. Everybody was saying it was like the Kanye of the video game awards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I don't know if he just got off a call uh, because he used to do movies and stuff like that too, right? Right. Yeah. That was kind of thing. He's like, yeah, you don't have to deal with this Hollywood bullshit. You can make what you want. Blah blah blah. Like I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's actually pretty. It was pretty funny. I did watch that. So yeah, wasn't some of the worst stuff you'd see at like those things at the Game Awards or like the E3s or something like that. But yeah, Jeff was kind of. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, he's like, can I say, can I, he, he asked me if he could curse too. Yeah, he's after like, he he's like, yeah, it's fine, it's the internet. Yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, it's, it's the internet, it's okay. I'm not going to lie though, I watched a couple cringe videos because I was like, yeah, I'm so excited for this. And as I was watching, I was like, wow, I feel really bad. So I don't want because <laughs> I'm like, haha, this is funny. All these people's careers are over. Uh <laughs> <laughs> The Assassin's Creed thing was pretty bad though, where they just had the video camera on the television like yeah look at assassin's Creed. Of, of course they did gameplay later but that that was pretty cringy too yeah, i missed that one. Oh, it wasn't great <laughs> all right so let's our last thing here uh, what are you expecting uh in terms of games for 2018 like what what's what's what are you looking forward to i'm just excited for like what nintendo has coming up i mean there's a bunch of things that I have that like I can name out and stuff like that, but like I'm really keeping an eye on like whatever they're doing. To be honest, I'm really excited for this E3 because there's so many games in development that we don't have dates for or anything yet, too. And I feel like 20, maybe not 18, but 2019 is going to be like a bigger year too. Okay, Nick. Uh, I guess the World of Warcraft expansion. Yeah, I kind of expected that. From you. That's really all I can think of right now. Um, was I know what Red Dead got pushed back to what 2019. The Anthem has been pushed back to 2019. 
Um, so I'm sure there's plenty of stuff coming in 2018, but uh, I feel like all the stuff I can think of is not, you know, we'll be talking about that again this time this year as far as what we're looking forward to then. I am looking forward to Sea of Thieves. You guys should play that with me because I'm so getting it, which is coming out soon, I think. March. Was that, was that the cartoony one or was that the mm-hmm. realistic no, one? No, so the, the realistic one, one okay. is, I think is Ubisoft. This is by Rare. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. If if it's anything like Assassin's Creed naval combat, then I'll be down with that. But I I didn't check out the beta. Actually, Red Dead Redemption is still coming out in 2018. It's October oh, now. Right? I thought it got pushed to 2019. October. October. Oh, I thought it got pushed from October. October 26, okay. 2018. It okay. may be the only thing that can give Call of Duty a bit of a run for money because that's Call of Duty going to yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm expecting Red Dead Redemption Two to be good. Like, I mean, I usually don't get hyped over games. I'm not, I'm not even hyped over Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm just expecting it to be phenomenal. Like, that is just an expectation that I have of the game for it to be, you know, fucking great. You know, they put their they put their A team behind Red Dead Redemption, uh, Grand Theft Auto. I'm actually, I don't know, man. I I think Rockstar this year will announce some type of new IP. I think. Because I don't think they're ready to release the next Grand Theft Auto. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, they'll I... ever release the next Grand Theft Auto. Huh. The GTA Five Online—that's that's raking in the money for them. I right. think they said they're working on it, but I mean, again, developers work on the next thing as soon as whatever's they were, launched. They were working on Grand Theft Auto Six, but when Grand Theft Auto Five came out. Like they had, they they already told their plans for Grand Theft Auto Six. They actually planned for you to be able to travel across the United States in Grand Theft Auto Six. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I I think that it's about time for them to pop out some new IP. You know, because they redid Max Payne. I don't think they're going to do another one of those. Uh, I hope. Actually, I gotta be honest with you. I don't want them to do another Max Payne. I want them to leave Max alone. You can do Max a style game, like you make like a Mona Sachs game or something like that. But Max Payne, like if you played Max Payne three, and by the time you finish that game, if you're like me, like dude, just leave him, just let him be. He's happy with his life right now. It's like the first Max Payne that you finish where Max Payne is actually happy, you know, and something bad wasn't happening to him or something like that, you know. So it, it was pretty awesome. I, I love that game. But yeah, I I think we might see some new IP from uh, at least announced, I should say, you know. And if it's not new IP, just give me Rockstar Table Tennis too. I mean, that's 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 cool too. Yeah, people like really slept on how awesome that game was. Next esports <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it would actually work with the Olympics because I'm not sure if anybody heard, but the Olympic Committee, uh, they are not opposed to esports. But they only want esports games that that are like regular sports, like football, table tennis, basketball, stuff like that. I'm like, dude, those aren't actual esports, though. Nobody's playing those for esports, so they just go play some basketball. <laughs> it's like it's like esports without the e. So, so you're saying we're gonna get what? NBA Jam at the next Olympics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, but yeah, I, I read Dead Redemption too. Other than that, I I'm not sure what other games are really. Excited for I hope Ubisoft does not release another Assassin's Creed. Like let the game rest, take some time to actually build another experience. I didn't even play the latest Assassin's Creed. I'm ba- I'm behind on two. I I did not finish Assassin's Creed Unity. 
because it just wasn't a good game, and because I didn't finish, I didn't finish Unity. I didn't play the one that I was after, Syndicate. Syndicate, yeah. So I'm kind of behind. Uh, from what I've read, though, they still haven't repaired the story. Like they just don't know what to do with it. I would just it, leave them. I think their B team or C team or whatever was working on those games while like everybody else was working on Origins. So I would just skip them. Uh, I heard the origin story was still really not that great. Well, they fucked up the story of Assassin's Creed because the guy who made the game and had the story all put together, he left at the end of uh, Brotherhood was the last game he was in. That makes sense. And so that's when the story of Assassin's Creed kind of started to go off the rails. And after Assassin's Creed 3, when they killed Desmond, sorry, spoiler gonna... alert. But, but like, you know, you should know by now, Desmond's dead. But, but like, you know, they, they killed Desmond. It's like, well, what do you do with the story now? What's the whole purpose of being an animus and finding this shit from the past? They need to nuke the story and reboot the series. Or just let it chill. Yeah, bit. well, they just did because the game has, they have, they didn't put a game out for two years. You they know? put a movie out, though. That's not letting it chill. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, the, the, the movie had um, characters from the lore. But didn't actually have any characters you would know. So, but yeah, movie wasn't that great. I, that was a sleeper, to be honest with you. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I forgot it came it. out until just now. Actually, just yeah, popped in my head. I, I wouldn't recommend it. So, like the movie was kind of kind of be considered like a side story for Assassin's Creed. But I do hope Ubisoft just lets it rest. I do hope that they announce a Division Two. You know, with all of the lessons they learned from the Division. Because Division's actually in a pretty good spot right now. But in terms of games, I just don't even know. Like, I don't... I do ex- I do think we're going to get an announcement for Halo 6. I do think that is going to come out this holiday season. Halo 6. And I'm looking forward to that. So, we'll, we'll I see. I don't even know what I want at this point. Right, she's- just wait to see. I'm just excited for E3. I think if I have any days off in E3, I'm just going to take a shot every time they say esports. And see, uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> see how bad it gets. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, okay, any uh, any moves you think are going to happen? Like, what? Anything we could expect from publishers? You know, more battle royale. <laughs> Probably more esports battle royale esports games. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they they already have the audience now because even like before Overwatch League. PUBG had a higher audience on Twitch than Overwatch. So, you know, Overwatch was like number 13th, like PUBG was like number like two or something like that, or three. So, you know, they got the audience, but I just don't know how you turn that into an eSport, to be honest with you. you like know? you said, it's too random. You can't rely on that. That's true. That's true. But like, if people are going to watch it, you know, They'll they'll turn it into an esport. It doesn't necessarily have to be balanced for it to be an esport. True. You know, so anything can turn into an esport. So we'll see. But okay, yeah, that's gonna end our very long show here. Um, two and a half hours. But you know, we did cover all of 2017. Lots to talk about there. Our normal shows will not be, you know, this long. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, we you can catch this show if you listen to it on SoundCloud, but you can you can uh, also subscribe to it on iTunes and Google Play Music and a couple of other places. Now, actually, way more places. Uh, yeah, at this point, you can probably just put it put into your favorite um, 
you know, podcatcher and it'll come up. Uh, you guys want to give me your social information? You know, uh, Christina, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my stuff's pretty simple. I have, uh, what do I have? Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram, all under S'mores Pop Tart. That's S M O R E Z P O P T A R T. Forgot how to spell it for a second. Yeah, I saw you had you had like a look of success on your face when you got it right. It was that was really hard to do. Uh, and Nick, how about you? I am at WookieBH on Twitter, and you can also find me on Wow Talk and the Torn and the Goblin. Okay, and I am underscore Jaw underscore on Twitter. You can find me on Watchpoint Radio, which is uh, Watchpoint Radio on Twitter, and also at MTB Sites on Twitter, which is the Twitter account for Mashes Buttons. You can also catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. And uh, with that, I think we are done here. Thank you a lot for listening. Uh, if you, especially if you listen to this whole thing, I mean, you got two weeks to listen to it. So, you know, come back, take a break, come back, take a break. You know how it goes. But um, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. Have a great day, everybody.